Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. Oh this is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? 77 WABC. Highly charged civil trial underway in lower Manhattan. A woman accusing a man of raping her in the dressing room of a high-end clothing store on Fifth Avenue back in the 1990s. The woman, former magazine columnist E. Jean Carroll. The man, former President Trump, who is not at the trial. Her attorney explained Mr. Trump banged the door closed and lunged at her, slammed Miss Carroll against a wall. He pressed his lips against hers. She tried to break free but couldn't. It was against my will, and it hurt, and it was a fight. The House Rules Committee is marking up Speaker Kevin McCarthy's bill to lift the debt ceiling with a full House vote coming as early as today. The GOP leader's legislation would raise the debt ceiling by $1.5 trillion or through March of next year, whichever Comes first. While the overall mood at the state capitol is hardly optimistic about delivering a budget anytime soon, Governor Hochul emerged from closed-door talks to update reporters. I do see a path to wrap up the budget, uh, perhaps as early as the end of this week. We've been working around the clock. Our teams are doing an extraordinary job. I was here again with them late last night. Hump Day Wednesday morning, New York's number one rated morning news talk show. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, with you. You know, I... 
put up these videos and pictures every morning on my Instagram account, which Chris Cuomo made fun of last night. We're fighting again. I'll get to that in a second. But And it's at, uh, at Rosenberg.Sydney. That's the account. At Rosenberg.Sydney. I don't really talk about it a lot. I don't publicize it much, promote it much. But that's the account. So most mornings I put up a video. But today I'm not really dressed up. No Anthony Garage sport jacket. No Joseph Haboud sport jacket. I'm actually wearing one of my favorite sweatshirts, a New York Ranger sweatshirt, which makes no sense today, of course, because the Rangers don't play until tomorrow in New Jersey. The Knickerbockers are playing tonight, so you'd think I'd be wearing a Nick jersey, but I'm not. Nick's a chance to wrap up their series in five in Cleveland. Big couple of nights coming up as sports fans in Cleveland, Ohio. Knicks and Cavaliers game five. Nick's a chance to move on later on tonight. And the first round of the NFL draft, the whole draft, gets going in Cleveland tomorrow night. So I put up this uh, picture. And I hate my eyes, so I think I have to call Dr. Mark Carolak and get my eyes done. Well, I'm not that age now. That's it. I turned 56 a couple of weeks ago, and I'm just, everything bothers me, everything. I've complained about my teeth. I've complained about my leg. I've complained about now my eyes. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Lewis yeah. said I'm starting to sound like I'm his. Hearing. Your ears can't hear a damn thing. Can't hear. You can't. You really can't hear now. No, you can't. It's now. I'm noticing it. No, because I talk with you every morning. Well, talk louder. No problem. That's better. Hey, See, I hear that fine. No, you're right. It's a. Uh, it's it's a mess. So now I got to get my eyes done. I think I don't know. But you know, I went to Doctor Carolak last year, and he said, <laughs> "I love this." He said, "You don't need any work done. I can take fifty thousand from you today, but you don't need any work." And that made me really happy, but I feel like a year later, maybe it's just the whole birthday thing. I don't know. When you turned 56, how were you? Oh, I was uh, pretty good. <laughs> I, that was a good year. That was an easy one. Yeah, that yeah. was once I hit 57. What about when oh, it, 57? No, yeah, it was, it was really sure. bad. I mean, the Heinz 57, she <laughs> yeah, might as well just be chugging it. Right. No, it gets really bad then. It does? No, you're you're fine right now. I'm okay? Yeah, you're okay. Can you hear me? Hello? No. No. And I think I have uh, sciatica because I have this shooting pain constantly no matter what I do. Like I was doing biceps at the gym a couple days ago, and as I'm doing the bicep exercise, I have a shooting pain down my right leg. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And then I couldn't even get out of bed last night to make pee-pee. Because my leg was killing me. So I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I, Well, just start now and get a diaper, and you can just stay in bed and enjoy the sciatica. Fine. It's, uh, not, that's not a fun pain. No, it's not. No. <laughs> so as I'm saying all this, Curtis Sliwa, who's set to join me this morning, as he does every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7.05, he's salivating. He's like, oh, yeah, baby. Sid's on his way out. <laughs> Lost Bernie last year. Sid's next. <laughs> Finally going to get that morning show my back plan, without Kubi. My plan's working perfect. Working out well. Yeah. I mean, when you get to the point where Curtis Sliwa is healthier than you, you know you've got issues. <laughs> but I wouldn't go that far, bud. I just don't feel great, and, and I hate my face today. Even though I know I look very handsome, I just hate it. So i got to get something done. 
<laughs> yeah, you're just looking for things. I understand, yeah. You just yeah. You keep your sweatshirt on. You look great with it. Look great with the sweatshirt, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good look. Yeah. And then you know rain- what it is? I, I, I'm, you know, I'm watching all this unfold, Tucker and Don Lemon, and, and I don't want to complain because there's people out there that work much harder than me, much longer hours than me, do much more important work than I do, and make significantly less. I understand that. I get it. Okay? So I don't want to sound like some rich prick. I'm not rich. I'm not even close. If you're not making a million or a couple of million living in New York City, you're not rich. You're not. I make a nice salary, a comfortable salary, but I ain't rich. Not even close. Guys that are making five, ten million, they can start to boast that. Start to boast that. I'm nowhere near that. So, for example, when I see Don Lemon is owed $25 million, I, I get crazy. Owed $25 million? They got like a point eight. They had no ratings. I mean, none. I understand it's television. CNN is, you know, bigger on a daily basis than WABC radio. I get all that. Trust me, I do. But these guys make so much money. I don't know what Sean Hannity does TV ratings. I don't know. I know we got a 2.6 last book here in New York. I got a 7.7. I nearly tripled his ratings. He makes about $30 million a year. That's about 35% more than I make. 350%, excuse me. And I just, I'm looking around the landscape, and, you know, Don Lemon, he's going to suit with a $25 million. Tucker Carlson never has to work again. He will because he's brilliant. He's a genius. Great on TV. But he's got millions and millions. Same with Bill O'Reilly, who, to his credit, and I love Bill, Become one of my best friends. That's true. He started BillOReilly.com. He's he's making millions. Millions. And I look around. I'm like, what am I doing wrong here? I'm on in New York City. Whatever stupid demo we use, it is what it is. And we're number one by a distance, tripling every show on this station and across town. And I'm not rich. I'm not even close. And I'm getting older and more angry. I got a kid in college. I got a son who... Goes to school, that's six figures. You know, I got a brand new house. You know, Danielle's terrific. She works, thank God. Six-figure job. But, you know, we, we look like every other American. You know, if you make a million combined, we don't do that, by the way. But if you do, you spend three. So I'm just, um, today's one of those days. And just get through it, okay? That's it. That's the beauty about this show. I think that's why it does appeal to people is that most radio people come in every day. It's the same radio voice. It's the same content. You'll never know that day whether that person is happy, mad. You'll never know because they think their job is to come in and deliver news. Well, that's bullshizzle. My job is to come in and provoke thought, compelling thought. Yes, every now and then educate the listeners, not me, but my guests. Make you guys laugh, make you guys think, and most importantly, be relatable. And while some of you think, oh, Sid Rosenberg has this amazing life, and I do, gorgeous wife, great kids, great family, terrific friends, and I'm not exactly building bridges, I'm not washing windows on the 108th floor, I get all that, I get frustrated too. I don't feel bad for Tucker or Don Lemon or any of these guys, to be honest with you. I mean, what happened to Tucker isn't right. I get it. 
I don't know all the particulars. You know, as it turns out, maybe it was right. I don't know. It seems the whole Tucker story to be less and less about what Tucker said on the air, Dominion and all that stuff, and more and more about what was happening off the air. Females contending that he was misogynistic and chauvinistic, and one girl said he made anti-Semitic comments. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not there. I'm not there. But um, does any of this make sense, Lewis? Zero. Yeah. No, it makes sense. But I'm going to tell you, man, if I get when I yeah I get fired and I'm owed twenty five million dollars, twenty yeah. million dollars. Yeah. That's it. That's a family could never have to work again. I understand, but wouldn't it frustrate you if you were hosting a big time show in New York and not making one thirtieth of that? And this guy gets fired, who's a racist hack. Yeah. And he, if he's owed $25 million, that means he's made, over the last 17 years, many, 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 many millions. Yeah. Do you understand my frustration? I do. I do. Yeah. I'm going to have to sneeze. You don't care. I he do. I'm going to have to sneeze. That's Why? what I'm doing. I'm making you sneeze? No. I'm just, it's, it might happen. Are you still sick or something? What's I'm, wrong with I'm, you? I don't know. I just caught something on the way in. Yeah. <laughs> I like what Howard Stern said yesterday about this whole Tucker Carlson, Don Lemon thing. Frank Morano kind of said it on this show to Frank's credit two days ago, but Howard always says it best. Where is it here? It's a cut number 12. Stern yesterday said Lemon was lucky to be fired on the same day as Tucker Carlson. And here's why Howard Stern, Lewis, cut number 12. This guy, Tucker Carlson, who's like the biggest thing on Fox News, he got fired, essentially. The speculation is that, uh, he, you know, not, not for what he said on air, but. Someone was saying so he's being I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there, but evidently then Don Lemon got fired over at CNN. And then some other some guy at NBC, Jeff Shell, who's an executive, got fired. Yeah. And I'm like, Jeff Shell is so lucky. And so is Don Lemon, because Tucker Carlson getting fired on the same day you get fired. You barely make new like no one will even notice. It's <laughs> well, he's you're, lucky. You're having the same thought I was. I thought. When they heard that Tucker Carlson was fired, they said, quickly, get those firings out there in the public because it'll be dwarfed by the Tucker Carlson news. I'll tell you what happened. Tucker Carlson got fired and CNN called a quick meeting and said, hey, listen, let's go fire Don Lemon. Now we can. And let's get rid of uh, Jeff Shell too, because uh, <laughs> now's the time to get rid of everybody because no one's going to really make a big deal about it. Could be dangerous going to work today. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Could be dangerous going to work today. So uh, that is still uh, the huge story, all these guys getting fired. And, of course, uh, Donald Trump. Trump was on with Greg Kelly on Newsmax two days ago. I believe Donald Trump will be on with Katz and Cosby right here coming up today with my man John Katz and Matidis at 5 o'clock. Nice score, John Katz and Matidis. He's out there still bashing DeSantis and saying yesterday that – he ain't going to debate. He's like, you know, why would I debate? Now, right now, there's no DNC debates even scheduled. But on the Republican side, Donald Trump is like, why would I debate? I'm up by like 30 points. We're never going to find a fair moderator. And to Trump's credit, we know that's true, right? How many debates did we see with Trump against GOP contenders? And especially when Trump was debating Hillary Clinton. How pathetic was that, Donna Brazil giving answers, you know, before and Lester Holt and 
all that nonsense. So Trump is right. He got a big lead. He doesn't need to prove anything to anyone. At this point, it almost seems insurmountable. I know, for example, Fox News, they're pushing Ron DeSantis every day. Every day, they're pushing Ron DeSantis. And maybe when Ron DeSantis officially announces he's running for president, maybe then he'll get a bump. But right now, he is getting destroyed by Trump. Trump is on the golf course yesterday telling his buddies, this is true, I've already won. I won the primary. Now i got to worry about, well, worry, he he never uses that word. Now it's about Joe Biden. So he's probably not going to take place in any of these debates. We'll see. We'll see as it it gets closer. You know, there was an article in today's New York Post that talked about the possibility, ready for this, of Ron DeSantis being on the same ticket as Donald Trump. Now we know, of course, they both live in the same state of Florida. So logistically, something would have to change. But there are people inside the Republican Party that want to see Trump and DeSantis team up. In fact, I'll talk to Brian Kilmeade about that coming up at 740. It ain't going to happen. I don't think so. I think Ron wants this for himself. But I think you'd all agree that if it ever did happen, they could find a way logistically and, more importantly, get uh, Trump to stop bashing him. That would be a very formidable ticket. So Trump was on with Greg Kelly on Newsmax a couple of days ago, and he talked about Ron DeSantis, and uh, here it is, Lou Rufino, Donald Trump, who was bashing DeSantis yesterday, not so much bashing with Greg Kelly two days ago on Newsmax. This is Donald Trump number one. Ron DeSantis, do you think he could be a good president someday? In like eight years, 16 years, I mean, you endorsed him once. He's got some talent. You're kind of crushing him right now. Someday, could he be president? Well, I endorsed him once, and he was losing badly. And because of the endorsement, he won in a landslide the following, literally the following day. Look, right now, I'm very down on him. Uh, I'm a believer in loyalty, and I'm a believer in other things. And he has obviously not run a very good campaign because he's getting, he's getting crushed. So... I really don't know. I don't know him. You know, I don't know him that well. I agreed to endorse him. He came over to see me. Uh, he was one of 100 people that fought a little bit on the impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two. They were hoaxes. They were just hoaxes. And based on that, I did it because I didn't know the people he was running against. He was running against a man that was way up in the polls, leading by a massive amount. That election was over. When I endorsed him, the election was over in Ron's favor. I mean, it, it was Ron was getting ready to quit. So, I don't know, I, I'm very disappointed in him because I'm a, a loyal person, maybe to a fault. I'm a loyal person. And somebody gets you into office and the, then you're telling people, well, I don't know if I'll run against the president. You know, I mean, life shouldn't have to work that way, but it does, and that's okay, too. A lot of people said loyalty doesn't mean anything. To me, loyalty means a lot. All right, that Donald Trump defamation, rape-slash-defamation trial continues Today, in fact, my man, Joseph Takapina, may very well get E. Jean Carroll, the lady who is alleging Trump raped her in a Bergdorf Goodman dressing room upwards of 30 years ago. She may have to testify today. I believe that is the rumor that uh, our own Noam Layden has put out there this morning. Takapina may be talking to Carroll on the stand today. We'll see. Donald Trump says, don't know her, never met her, lady's crazy. She's just trying to sell books. She says, uh-uh, met him, hung out that day, bought lingerie together, went inside some storage closet, 
and Donald Trump went to work. No, I'm just not curious. I mean, you cover all these stories and you do it better than anybody. Do you believe Carol or Trump? doesn't matter who I believe. Uh, it does matter to me. I've asked the question. Yeah. You're on this show. I know. Yeah. I can't answer that question. Of course you can. Do you believe Carol or Trump? It's your name. Give me your name. E. Jean Carroll or Donald Trump? Yeah, That's what you're asking me. Which one do I believe? <laughs> yeah, you could keep asking me the same question a hundred times. Do you believe E. Jean Carroll? I don't, I, look, I understand. I don't know. I mean, it was I, I, I understand 1996. You don't. Listen, don't be afraid. I understand me too. God forbid. I believe Trump. This lady's lying. She's selling a book. I know some ladies out there, some folks on the left, will continue to demonize me. I don't care. It's not like every single lady tells the truth. Most do. Most do. But I believe this lady is lying, so I would put myself out there on a limb. Don't well, be such a pussy. I'm, I'm not, but I will say what yeah. I thought Alan Dershowitz said on your show the other day yeah. was that we're in a time frame where we only believe what women say. Right. And that's been, That's you know, bad. Yeah. So, you believe Trump? I didn't say that. You just did. <laughs> okay, there you have it, folks. 1-800-848-WABC. It'll protect you, don't worry. Ah, yeah. ah, ah. I should be an attorney. 1-800-848. No, that would be great. <laughs> Your Honor, could I have a, a change of venue, a change of everything, please? <laughs> we got a great guest list today, Curtis Sliwa. He's on three mornings every week coming up at 7.05. My man, he spent the last two nights filling in for Tucker Carlson. Of course, he's also on Fox and Friends and One Nation on this station every day as well. Brian Kilmeade, he's coming up at 7.40. Noam Layden's Nuggets, 8.25, live from a hospital bed at Long Island Jewish. Recovering from stomach surgery, no joke. You saw his posts all day yesterday on Facebook and Instagram. The great Congressman Peter King will be here. 9.05, Dr. Mark Siegel. And coming up at 9.30, one of my favorite comedic actors, one of my favorite movies ever about last night, the brother of the late, great John Belushi, Jim Belushi, makes his debut on the Sid Rosenberg Show coming up at 9.30 this morning. Going to be a great Hump Day Wednesday show. Keep it right here, folks. Talk Radio 77, WABC. Crime running rampant in New York. You need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. 
The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. When the sun came up this morning And she smiled her smile for me Felt it for the first time. Something deep inside of me. So you can take your midnight rambling boys. And you can keep your winding roads. She's living inside my heart now. Living inside. an easiness about her There's a softness in her way But she gets me through the hard times We get closer every day I know I'll never be alone now, boy Even if I'm far away, she's living inside my heart now. Living inside the great Bob Seeger, living inside my heart. This song was in one of my favorite movies of all time, about last night. The white version, the first one. They remade it, the black version. <laughs> Stupid. The one with Rob Lowe and Jim Belushi, Demi Moore, and Liz Perkins. And the aforementioned great comedic actor Jim Belushi will join me coming up at 9.30 this morning. Very excited about that. He was so good in that movie. He played Bernie. Bernie Lipko. So we'll talk to Belushi. Coming up at 9.30, Curtis chomping at the bit. He's like, Sid, man, you, you should make more money. You should get out of here. Of course, you you know I curse. Oh, I see. Yeah, of course. So he'll join me coming up at uh, 7.05. <laughs> Curtis is the best. So Joe Biden announced yesterday he's going to run again, right? We played it for you, that ridiculous three-minute video where he talked about freedom, and nobody uses the abstracts better than Joe Biden. Nobody. Oh, i got to get to this Chris Cuomo fight, too. We were at it again last night. I'll do that next segment. So Biden announces he's running for president again. This is a, a great Donald Trump cut. Did this with uh, Greg Kelly, who pissed me off yesterday, too, Kelly. So I got two people in my crosshairs this morning, Chris Cuomo and Greg Kelly. I'll get to both. But uh, Kelly did a good interview here. I'll give him credit for that. So he, he asked Trump about Biden, and here was Trump's response to Kelly. This Lou Rapino is Donald Trump cut number two. And I say this, I'll say this a lot, and I'm starting to change the number. You could take the five worst presidents in the history of our country and add them all up. And at the end, they haven't done the damage that Joe Biden has done to our country. And now I'm starting to say, but I'm going to change the number five to ten. Because you could take the ten worst presidents. That is, 
<laughs> that is great. So our friend, Judge Jeanine Pirro, on the five yesterday, she went off on Biden's run. And uh, she said, uh, he ain't all that hot, this Joe Biden. This will be Judge Jeanine Pirro, who does a tremendous show on this station every Sunday morning. Lou, this is cut number three. This guy talks about the Constitution and making America great. Well, they're the ones who shut down the Hunter Biden laptop, worked with his administration, working with the social media to make sure none of that information came out, which we now know might have changed the election. Uh, he's smug when the people in the press room ask him, you know, can we ask some questions? He kind of laughs at them in a very smug way. And, you know, he was the guy who came in who was going to unite us. He was the guy who was going to be, we're going to bring back America again. And we we all want that. And Obama had that, too. Obama had that hope. He had that. You can't take that away from him. But this president is dark, and I'm always shown back those Marines and that dark blood color behind him, and he's promising now to save us all from those MAGA Republicans. And he does nothing but divide us and continuing to divide us. And now, do you realize that Kamala Harris now is a heartbeat away, not from a 78-year-old, but from an 82-year-old? Mm -hmm. And her numbers are even worse than his. So it's like, uh, you know, why don't you at least show up now? Is this going to be a repeat? And finally, let me just say that um, his whole administration now is about a certain kind of, of it's, I'm going to use the word again, a smugness. Like, I don't have to answer your questions. And I don't have to tell you about Hunter or anything that I've done. You know, prove it. So it does look like, despite all of the nasty stuff you hear about Donald Trump on all the liberal networks and all the nasty stuff you hear about Joe Biden on shows like this, it does look like, at least as of right now, we're still ways out we are on a collision course to repeat what we saw in 2020 which was donald trump versus joe biden this time around donald trump will be 78 a young 78 joe biden will be 82 a very old 82 that potential matchup had people on the streets of new york talking yesterday lewis new yorkers on the potential race between biden and trump Cut number nine. One guy who's president now who's half asleep, and you got the other guys who are lunatics on the other side who want to shut everything down. It's too early also. We need just young blood. We really do. I didn't even vote in the last election because I hated them all. So at this point, I just vote for whoever I hate less. The same pockets are going to get lined. The same people are going to starve to death. Funny, Alan Dershowitz, the brilliant constitutional attorney, on this show yesterday kind of said what that third New Yorker said, which is, I vote for the guy that's less bad. <laughs> Not good. We no longer have good candidates, according to Dershowitz and that New Yorker. I vote for the guy that's less bad. Traffic with Joe Nolan coming up next. But right now, it is Wednesday. It's time for the Tunnel to Towers update. And, of course, we talked to my main man, the CEO, Frank Ziller. Frank is going to tell us about the Foundation's National Golf Series. I love this. Good morning, Frank. Have you been spending a lot of time on the links as of late? No, Sid, I have not. But I would like to, uh, for sure, because I actually do enjoy uh, around the, the golf. But now that, the you know, we're into spring and finally we are getting some decent weather, uh, I want to tell everyone a little bit about Tunnel to Towers National Golf Series, which we're so proud of. We host and other people uh, host golf outings for us all across the country. Last year, there were 80 golf events in 20 states supporting our programs of first responders and militaries. Some of these events are close to home, like New York, New Jersey, but we also hold events in California, 
Virginia, Texas, and even Alaska. We're also benefiting. Pickleball is exploding. The popularity is unbelievable. We had 10 pickleball uh, fundraising tournaments in 2022, and more people want to do fundraisers for us by, by playing pickleball. We have our own Celebrity Golf Classic, uh, October 10th at Liberty National in New Jersey. Uh, it's going to be an incredible uh, event. So visit T2T.org and take a look at all our full calendar of events and our golf events and everybody else that are doing tremendous things for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Thanks, Ed. All right, Frank. Uh, thank you very much. As he said, please donate just $11 a month for America's heroes. Do it today at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. Find a dealer near you. They are the world's best built boilers on the ice. The Islanders avoid elimination with a gutsy 3-2 win over the Hurricanes in Carolina. That's a big win for the Isles. Big, huge win. Now they go home, game six. You never know what can no, happen. No, well, you know, they're not going to win the series. What do you, why, why not? But uh, show a lot of heart last night. They did show a lot give of them credit. Very gritty, gritty win of the Isles now. More heart than the Rangers have showed the last two games. Well, you could say that again. Carolina I don't showed a lot of face. No. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah. Right. No. yeah. Oh, come on. He's still rolling on the wrap. He's like rolling on the ice still. Uh, yeah, I feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> I feel sorry. terrible. I'm the puck, sorry the puck went in the net, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Ricochet. Yeah. <laughs> so the Isles win. Game six set for Friday night at UBS. Not a good night on the diamond at all. As both the Mets and Yankees both continue their recent struggles with losses last night. The Mets lost their third straight in the form of a 5 to thing blanking at the hands of the visiting Washington Nationals, while the Yankees dropped their third in a row as well with a 6-2 to two loss to the Twins in Minnesota. Bombers have to start stringing together some wins here. The Orioles are hot, and, of course, the Rays are like 20-4. and four. So the Yanks are seven games back in the AL East. They'll try uh, and begin that surge this afternoon in the finale with the Twins, set for 1.10 p.m. Eastern time in Minnesota. As for the Mets, the middle game of their three-game set with Washington will get underway tonight at 7.10 p.m. Eastern time. And, of course, tonight in Cleveland, you've got Game 5 for your New York Knickerbockers taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers, 7 p.m. tip uh, in Game 5 of their first-round playoff series. The Knicks trying to move on, currently up three games to one. How many NBA teams... Have already moved on now. Uh, quick, quick. Uh, 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 Give two, me a number. Uh, two. Incorrect. One. Three. Three. The Philadelphia 76ers have moved on in the East, and both the Denver Nuggets and Kevin Durant's right. Phoenix Suns You're right. moved on last night in the West. There you go. Right. Well, You're right. I don't live on the West Coast. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> We're was, not yet, at least. Exactly. Yeah. It was sports sponsored by P. Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTakeless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers. And I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77. WABC. Oi. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Am I deluding myself if I say if the Knicks move on, they got a real chance in the East? Or is that nuts with teams like Boston and Philadelphia? 
The great Greg Popovich says you can't skip steps, and you just skipped about ten of them. I know. Isn't that great? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So to get one more, like people think it's commanding, but really when you think about it, Cleveland, they have game five at home. I would suspect most people would, Vegas would favor them. Then they have to come and win one road game in New York to get it back home for a seventh game. So when you're the home team, or you know you have the home court advantage and down 3-1, the path is far simpler. And I think the Knicks have a lot of work still yet to do against Cleveland. But let's just skip steps with you, Sid. Certainly, I think to have the Knicks in the heat in the second round of the playoffs would be just awesome. And the Knicks would have a chance. I don't think they have any chance in the playoffs against Milwaukee if Milwaukee's healthy because of Giannis and his domination. And, you know, obviously both Philly and Boston are better than the Knicks. So, but things happen in the playoffs. Injuries happen. Mm. And if the Knicks are able to advance and the Heat are able to advance, you know, thinking they would have a chance. They would. Great Jeff Van Gundy on this show with me yesterday, the former Houston Rocket, more importantly, New York Knick head coach Jeff Van Gundy. In fact, the last time the Knicks made it to the NBA Finals in that strike-shortened 1999 season when the Knickerbockers lost to San Antonio, Van Gundy was the coach. He was on yesterday. The Knicks have a chance to make quick work, and I say that knowing it's dangerous, to make quick work of Cleveland With a win in Cleveland tonight, they would wrap it up in five. Don't bet on it, but the Knicks do have that opportunity later on tonight. Philly, they've already swept the Nets. Atlanta won last night. That series now has the Celtics leading Atlanta three games to two. And um, I guess the other series has the Heat leading the Giannis-less box three games to one out west. Denver moves on. They beat Minnesota last night. Kevin Durant and Phoenix moves on. They beat the Clippers last night. Sacramento and Golden State, that's been reduced to a best of three, 2-2. And I don't think Sacramento star Fox is going to play tonight. And then you've got uh, the Lakers. LeBron James up three games to one on Memphis. So basketball and hockey providing some very exciting postseasons. So I did something yesterday. We have a bunch of really good guests about to stop by, starting with Curtis at 7.05. I, I asked for two guests yesterday that I never asked for. One, Chris Cuomo, and two, Greg Kelly. I haven't asked for Greg Kelly to be a guest on this show, Lou, in how long? How long? I think it was seriously, I think, one time since I've yeah, been back time. here. Yeah. I think once. Yeah, Bernie used to like him. It was annoying. I tried to convince him to stop, and uh, he wouldn't stop. But, you know, I got nothing against Greg personally. I don't. In fact, we had a sales meeting a couple of days ago, 
and Greg and I were in it together, and it was, it was fine. It was good. That's a good conversation. But uh, a couple of months ago, Kelly's uh, book came out, and I got an email from Matt Meany and Chad, a whole bunch of folks here, to put Greg on. I said, no, I'm not putting him on. Nope. You saw it, Lou. You're laughing. I said, no. Yeah, I'm laughing. No, no. When my book came out, I asked everybody to help me out. And I was on so many TV shows on Newsmax. Sean Spicer put me on. You know, the uh, uh, Bob and uh, Katrina put me on. I was everywhere. Even Fox News. I was on Fox and Friends. I was on Kill Me Show. Jesse. So all these people put me on when my book came out in September. And guess who didn't? Greg Kelly. So I said, no, he's not coming on this show. You nuts? Absolutely not. And that was the end of that. So I don't want really to see him because I try to leave as soon as the show is over. I can't, of course, because I've got 9,000 commercials and videos and all kinds of stuff to do. But I'm usually gone well before Kelly shows up because his show starts at 1, and I'm told I'm not here that he shows up at 12.59. Uh, that's early. Yeah. Which, which, I mean, all he basically does <laughs> is replay and say whatever he said last night on Newsmax. That's his show. Not a lot of authenticity, not a lot of creativity. It's Donald Trump is great, Eric Adams sucks, and I'm on Newsmax. That's the show. Fine. But I wanted him because I liked his interview with Donald Trump. I thought he did a good job. I did. And there were some things I wanted to talk to him about. So I have Alec reach out to uh, Rich Rodabelli. Uh, that's his name, right? You're getting, you get, you're getting closer. You're not by getting the day. any better. No, no, no. He's no? not getting any better. Okay. No. It's. I just wanted to give him a little pump up, positive. What's his name? I like Rid- him. Radabelli. Is that Radabali? Yeah, Radabali. So he reaches out to Radabali, <laughs> and Radabali goes. He goes. I'll ask Greg after his show tonight. But um, you're aware there's a like a little rift between Sid and Greg, and I will tell you that at the sales meeting last week. They both asked us a couple of questions. I thought it was very nice. But the owner of this company, this kid, Josh Fox, who I've talked to two or three times since, he actually said, hey, do you guys get along? And Greg jumps in and goes, well, there's a little rivalry. Greg, Greg, baby, there ain't no rivalry. 2.6s don't rival 7.7s. This ain't the Red Sox and the Yankees. This ain't the Lakers and the 76ers. There is no rivalry, none. I know you got a TV show somewhere, I guess. I know you're on Channel 5. I love your father, Ray Kelly, big deal. There is no rivalry. To be a rival, you have to be equally as good or at least have some really fierce competition. We don't have any. I'm on one level. You're about five rungs lower. Yeah, not in the same division. Not even the same division. No. Yeah. yeah. The Yankees and the Royals. No. No. The Yankees and their double-A ball club. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. And Talking the about Columbus the Yankees. Clippers, who aren't even a team anymore. My buddy Tommy Gucciotto has got a ton of Yankee tickets for May the 2nd. You may want to get some of those, uh, Justin. Wait, for me? He's buried in Yankee tickets on May the 2nd. Who are they playing? Uh, I don't know. i got to look it up. No, look it up. I'll take them. The great Tommy Gucciotto. I'll take them, Tommy. Hey, to- hey, Tommy, I'll take I'll go. Tommy used to be married to um, Jen from Dolce. Dolce Aesthetics. The oh, great Jen Delandro. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. So anyway, so uh, so Kelly said no to come on the show today. <laughs> yeah, he said, uh, he said no. Yeah. No. He never said no to come but on he, this show. He did send his apologies. No, he didn't send anything. No, Rich Radabali sent me. Radabali said yeah. that, right? <laughs> so anyway, good luck to Greg. Now, the other one is uh, Chris Cuomo. So I decide 
even though I think he's a dick, I'll bring him on because he was the last famous guy to get fired at CNN before Don Lemon. You know. So I have Alec text him, this uh, new young lady, Sit. I like her a lot. She's very good. She texts him. Oh, you brought her into the... Oh, oh I did, Poor yes. girl. I sure did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I decided I couldn't wait because I'm whittled with ADD. I, I texted her myself. And this whole conversation, I said, um, well, I said hello to him, and, and he, he called me Broomhead. And I said, is that a reference I should get? By the way, I had Tiffany Justice on my show today. She's one of those moms of liberty. She's on your show tonight. Good luck. And then I want to go, I want to say, do you want to come on the show or not? Don't make this difficult, Chris. I'm inviting you on a show that actually gets ratings. And his response is, who is this? And I say, holy effing shizzle, really, Chris? And he goes on to say, answer or go away. This guy's out of his mind. So I go, it's Sid. But you already knew that, Chris, didn't you? He says, no, now I do. You ready for this? Very tough words. Beat it. Not since a young... Michael Jackson was the guy that actually redid that song with Al Yankovic. Yeah, eat it. Beat it. Yeah. So I respond to uh, Cuomo. I go, wow, the Cuomos are both afraid to come on a real talk show. Some tough guys you are. Good luck. Now, uh, Cuomos, because of the auto thing they do here, I didn't type it in. It did have the apostrophe before the S, which makes Cuomos possessive for you English majors out there. He goes on to respond, you're a whiny little fringe mouth, and it would be Cuomo's no apostrophe dope. And I said, Chris, please, intelligence, not your forte. I'll give you the good looks, but that's it. And I may be all of those things, but at least I've got an audience. And by the way, talking about intelligence, most pictures have you come out of the ocean not out of a Mensa meeting. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so he goes, radio, not TV, no social media. It's kind of right about that. 9,000 Instagram followers, that sucks. He goes, and I quote, you are a dying ember of fringe fires. And you are the one not known for your brains. Keep looking at pics of me, mini man. <laughs> Mini man. Yeah. So I told him that Alan Dershowitz said I'm a genius, and that's all I needed. And people love me, and they hate you, and that was the end of it. But That kind of is all you need. <laughs> yeah. So there it is. Another Sid Rosenberg, Chris Cuomo text battle. And as Chris Cuomo said last night, Michael Jackson about to repeat, beat it.
Radio 77 WABC. Boy. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, Seventy-seven WABC. song as well more than a woman from the greatest soundtrack in movie history saturday night fever i know what to play now when curtis sleeva comes on and curtis does such a great job on the show he's now on three days a week monday wednesday and friday at 705 so a little bg for you early on a wednesday little baby making music music like this it brought a lot of babies into the world oh they certainly did now you play this towards the end of the night at the club you don't play it early on what club is this is this a club in newark new jersey you went to uh no 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 no. No. this would be at pastel right or 2001 odyssey in bay ridge and then last dance by donna summers because then you know they're going to close up and kick you out. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the yeah. perfect closure. So if things didn't go too well early on, sure. well, now you have the urge to merge. I never got kicked out. I actually was there when they put the lights back on. I was still doing coke in the store with the bathroom <laughs> attendant. <laughs> so all you guys were gone. It was 10 after 5. Oh, and I so was you were on there. a bender. You were on a bender. <laughs> every right? weekend, Kurt. Every weekend. And, Pat, you open the door up, and the light is so bright outside, you're, like, covering your eyes. <laughs> it was right? so Like a vampire. Bad. You know, they made a movie about that years ago, Michael J. Fox. It was called Bright Lights, Big City. Yes. And he actually was clubbing and doing coke and all that stuff, and it brought back some horrible memories. Well, I got to tell you, the after-hours clubs, the dangerous ones. I used to go to the ones on Avenue U. You know those on the west side of Brooklyn? Absolutely. They had till about 1130 in the morning. Guns on the counter, coke on the counter, everything (laughs) illegal. There were no guns where I went. There were Jewish people. Of course, of course. (laughs) There were number two pencils. (laughs) No, it was coke. Because they had to go to get their accounting job soon after that, (laughs) after doing coke. But I got to tell you, you open up those doors. And you didn't realize how early it was in the morning, late really in the morning, because the bright sun, sun. and you were like a vampire. But, oh, those were the days. It was the worst feeling, though, because I would see people going to work, you know, in their suits and ties. They're going to work. And I'm still begging people for for a shot of vodka, 8 o'clock in the morning. I felt like such a loser. But, yes, those were the good old days. Well, you know something, Sid, and listening to you this morning, because I listen intently every Monday through Friday from 6 to 10. I don't want to miss uh, anything dripping from your lips. I said, boy, I got another 10 years in me. I'm in the bullpen warming up. I mean, I'm not fast pitching because it's obvious you're not going away tomorrow. But I'm telling you, you're Mr. Big Stuff. Who do you think you are? It's time to get that crane and take your humongous ego in and out of this studio. Why don't you put together a consortium? 
Glenn Beck, Bill O'Reilly, Tucker Carlson, Sid Rosenberg. Take Lou with you. <laughs> yeah. And also Noam Layden, that sickle fan, Tony and Lackey, who's afraid you're going to have him fired again. And get the hell out of here and clear the way for me. Well, it's funny you say that. There have been some backdoor discussions. Bill Shine involved as well. I'm only kidding. But uh, people keep saying to me, why not do that? Get yes. Tucker, yeah. you, Bill, all these folks. By the way, I'm not in their class. I'm not even close to a Tucker Carlson or a Bill O'Reilly, and I don't want to be. Those guys are real conservative journalists. Wait, wait, wait. They're yeah. not entertainers. Well, right. That's what I am. They though. would That's never get are. a 7 in the morning. No, let, me, let me tell you an old story. Nobody would get story. a 7 in the morning. Nobody. Let me tell I you, miss let, nobody. Let me tell you a story. The Kenya Talk Radio locally was Bob Grant to the afternoons when you could be angry when people were coming home, right? Uh, when he was at WMCA, they said, wow, he gets nines in the afternoons. So let's put him in the morning. He bombed. Is that true? Yeah. And I said, Bob, why? He goes, because you have to be entertaining in the morning all the time. All the time. You can't be a news, uh, you know, eagle beagle. Yeah. You can't all of a sudden be jamming commentary down people's throats. He said, mornings were not for me. And so, look, as great as Tucker Carlson has been, although, remember, all the all this patronage towards Tucker Carlson. I remember him at MSNBC with the bow tie. I do, too. He was the liberal, moderate, uh, libertarian. I substituted him for a week. He says to me, Curtis, me and my family, we got to go. Could you substitute him? It's 10 o'clock. And I said, no problem. He goes, okay, now don't destroy my audience. My first guest was Rachel Maddow when she was doing Air America. She no wasn't kidding. on TV yet. And she had to read everything off of cue cards. This woman can't, she can't do improv. So she actually has index cards. And I said in my interview, what are you reading off of? Can't you speak on your own? She just melted down. I eviscerated her. And then they called me up the next night and I said, you know something? Bunch of stay home. We've got a bunch of other substitutes. Wow, they got mad. Up with Tucker Carlson. Yeah. But Tucker Carlson was no populist oh, conservative. I must used to kill him. These are kill him. actors and actresses. They read the I teleprompter. I heard yesterday that for all the nice things, and I don't know the answer to this. I don't know him. I have no idea. Never been on his show. For all the nice things Tucker Carlson said on air about Donald Trump, there's more text to his friends and family that said nasty things. Of course, he about said I, he, he hates them. Yeah. And, and look, the reality is, if you're going to believe these guys on TV who come over to do radio because it's a side hustle, they do their talk TV show on the radio, and it's boring. <laughs> you think that they actually improv this, that it's spur of the moment? Everything is on the teleprompter. When they're staring into that camera... They're not staring at a normal camera. It's teleprompter in front of them. Right. They are re they're good readers. <laughs> if you were dyslexic, you couldn't do talk TV. That's the bottom line. Look, I've been on enough sets. I've been with all the best. I see how it is. If you were to give them $20 million and say, you come over to MSNBC, absolutely. What do I got to be? You're back to being a liberal, moderate libertarian with a bow tie on. Do it tomorrow. You know why they made him take the bow tie off? No, they I said that makes him that makes you look like George Will, a country club Republican, a country club Republican. You got to be a populist, open collar now. That's right. You got to have that grimace on your face. This is all scripted. They're thespians. They're actors and actors. They most of them can't do talk radio. Look at how many of them have been on talk radio, and they bombed. We got a couple here right now. 
<laughs> I'm not exactly. But Sid, I'm telling you, let's get back on track. Yeah. I heard a litany of ailments you have. In fact, I brought my Shaquille O'Neal icy hot for you, oh sciatica. Yeah. Let me tell you, that could affect. That could go right to your brain stem. Well, you know, uh, I did mention this morning that you have experienced a lot of the same things I am. Now, how old are you now? Oh, I'm 69. Wow, you got 12. But th- you know what? 13 I, years I, After what I heard you say, I feel 59 <laughs> now. Man, I know I got a, a 10 more years in me. Any day you're going to leave, you're going back to Boca. You're going to be uh, down in your bunker. You're going to be part of some self-made network like Glenn Beck. By the way, whatever happened to Glenn Beck? When you don't have the real estate, which is 8 o'clock at Fox News Channel, and I predict Tulsi Gabbard will be eventually well, the host. I said that yesterday. Right. Yes. yes. Uh, they, don't, they, they won't miss a beat. Here's it's the real to, estate. But here's what happened to Glenn Beck, my friend. He got $50 million. And, and who he is now? Well, it doesn't matter. Now we can grow his hair Good. long and look Good. ridiculous like, like Kellyanne Conway's Good. husband Sit. and show up every now Sit. and then on Tucker Carlson. Favor. Leave this real estate, the number one news talk station in the nation. It'll never get better for you doing morning drive. And you know what? I'll be more than happy to take over morning you drive would. for you. Of course you would. In a heartbeat. Now, would you be sad for like a day? Or? No, no. Let me, let me put it this way. If you were on fire in the middle of the street, I wouldn't urinate on you to put out the flames, I would say, look, I don't want the guy to die, but I want him to be an ICU for the rest of his life. But you say such nice things about me all of the time. Of course. I'm stroking you. Come on. Yeah. You know. None, it of means, it's not, none of it's sincere. It means not- more talk time, right? <laughs> Let's face it. If I was negative about you, if I was dropping the hammer on you every five seconds yeah. on my show or other shows, yeah. all of a sudden you would treat me like a person of no consequence. That is true, yes. yes. I know. I know how to work you, Sid <laughs> Rosenberg. So there's nothing sincere about some of the things you say on and off the air about me uh, most recently. Nothing sincere. Absolutely nothing <laughs> whatsoever. That's first, let's face it, this is teamwork oh, here. God. You and I are the only two guys who know how to do talk radio here. Uh, that's, on a that's moment's notice, yes. we could get the call from the cat man, and he can say, I need you to do two hours with no preparation. The only two people here could do that. We, we've got and Curtis Curtis. Yes, and by the way, not just the cat man. I can get a call from Chris Oliveira tomorrow and say, hey, I know you're working at WABC, but Craig Carton is out for a week. If your boss allows you, could you work here? And I would go to WFAN, a sports talk station, and still get an 8 or a 9. I know, Chris. Let me give him a call. I'll tell him you're available. (laughs) You're number one in the morning. My my golly, you're, you're perfect for sports. Why don't you move, segue over, and I'll take over the morning show. Look, how many times have I done the morning show, right? Uh, you've been great. Now, I've had more partners on radio than I've had XY. Yes, including Ron Cooley the last time. If Let's play this hypothetical game. Let's say I'm out of here, right? Somebody's paying me two, three, five million dollars. Oh, please, please, somebody <laughs> out there, please pay Sid Rosenberg to make him go away, Lou go away, and take no metal thready toe with you. I'm taking them all. I'm taking Justin Ellick. I'm taking Macedonia. No, no, I need, I need Justin. No, no, no. He does preparation for my 12 to well, 1 o'clock show. You'll have to get uh, Fat Kevin Josh. So uh, <laughs> so would you do the show by yourself? Oh, never a partner again. Never again. Never no, a partner done with again. That, never. I am so done with that. I can't tell you how many of these partners, right? Well, since, I've the been here, since I've been here, it's been Ron Kuby. Right. Whose uh, mommy is a commie. Ebony K. Williams. Ebony K. Williams. Juliet Huddy. Juliet, uh, Jeff said Juliet Huddy. <laughs> I know I'm missing a bunch. Rita Cosby. <laughs> Chris Cuomo. 
I, in the old WABC, they come to me, John McConnell, who was vice president of program, and he goes, look, we were thinking of making Chris Cuomo a talk show host, uh, but we know you could work with the devil. So we'd like you to do three to five and test them out. Let's see how he does for a month. In one month's time, Chris Cuomo never had an opinion. Never. He would agree. He would disagree. Never. He was just milk toast. Finally, John McConnell sits him down. Chris, this is talk radio. You have to have an opinion. I'm a journalist. Oh, please. I don't have opinions. Well, Noam just tried to do that with me when I asked him about, uh, does he believe Trump or the woman alleged in rape? And he's like, well, he tried to pull the same thing, you know. Which by is basically the way, by the way, you brought up Mr. Tough Guy Trump. Oh, I don't want to debate. Oh, I don't have to debate. I just want a coronation. Come on, Sid. How weak. What do you mean? If he's so good a candidate, if he can just bulldoze his way through the field, why is he afraid to get up on the stage? And then he says, Ron DeSantis, his campaign is failing. The guy hasn't declared for the presidency yet. What campaign? He's killing him right now, though. He's killing him, Donald Trump, my friend Donald Trump. Excuse me. Who, uh, oh, by the way, does everybody else's show in America except for mine. Who my was, friend who Donald was Trump. killing him when he announced him? Jeb Bush and Ted Cruz were way ahead of him when he came down that escalator. That's true. So stop this nonsense. Get on the freaking stage and debate. Because if he ends up being the Republican nominee... And obviously Joe Biden goes, you know what Trump does? He doesn't let Biden talk. DeSantis would let Biden talk his way out of the presidency. So are you telling me, Curtis Lieber, that Ron DeSantis is your choice Look for the presidency? Let, let, let's do because you're into visuals, aesthetics. Yeah. Yes, I am. Joe Biden in the corner figuring out what the hell am I doing up on this stage looking all over the place. Ron DeSantis, buffed, 45 years old. The country is going to look at that juxtaposition and say, you know, I may not like this cultural warrior and some of his things, but look at the difference between him and Joe Biden. They will elect Ron DeSantis. He doesn't have the back. Because you know what Trump's going to do? Election denying, election denying. They stole the election in 2020. Nobody wants to hear that anymore. Shit, nobody wants to hear that freaking nonsense anymore. Donald Trump, get in the ring. If you're the heavyweight champion of the world, don't do it, Joe Lewis. You know, I'm going to fight a tomato can every month in order to keep my title. Get in there with Rocky Marciano, who could well be Ron DeSantis. By the way, he's a total Italian stallion, Ron DeSantis. We want to see debates. And Joe Biden, oh, I don't have to debate. I'm just going to hang out in my basement for the entire campaign. No way. We are entitled to candidates. We are entitled to a debate. And let me do a caveat here. You're going to have Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan on Friday. Ask him. $4 billion for illegal aliens? They get everything. They get Conados Happy Trailers with two letters. They get top shelf five-star hotels. What the hell is he doing? He's turned our city over to illegal aliens and cutting the budget for the rest of us. He is Udisgrazia, Ashanda. He is the mayor of nightlife, and that's all he's the mayor of. Sit in friends in the morning, 77 WABC.
So after further consideration, I've now suspended Greg Kelly. It's a lifetime ban. It's Pete Rose and baseball. That's it. Whoa. That's it. Lifetime ban. Pete Rose. He done. I remember that head first slide. Greg uh, Kelly we consider gave, putting him, uh, asking him to come back on if he, if he gets the best ratings even across the street. If you can't win there, then you can't be on this show. And you can't say no to me, so. He's now indefinitely suspended for life. It's a lifetime ban. What about Chris Cuomo? Justin, not a lifetime ban yet. He'll never come on anyway. He should. He needs a lifetime ban from like being a uh, <laughs> member of society. <laughs> yeah, I know. He needs to be like. In, and you know what? I text him. I know for well he's going to say no. I know that already. But I'd like to. I'd like to. It, it entertains me when he comes back and forth. The same nonsense. You know, who's this? You're no good. What did he say again yesterday? He called you um, mini man. He did call me mini man. Nobody <laughs> said. Yeah, he said on the embers of a fringe yeah. fire. Yeah, was he a poet? Who's he? Crazy Shakespeare bastard. Him and his brother. Yeah. So Kathy Hochul is the governor now. The reason why I played Billy Joel there is really twofold. One, Billy Long Island, my dear friend Congressman Peter King. If you don't already know, he puts up these posts on social media yesterday, on Facebook, Instagram. He's laying in a hospital bed. He's got tubes coming out of his ass everywhere. So it turns out that Pete went for a test on Friday. I got this from Melissa Zim. I'm not even sure if it's right. And uh, they found a tumor in his stomach, malignant. So he went in for operation right away on Monday. The great news is they've removed the tumor, and Pete King going to be okay. And he's even going to join me, as he does every Wednesday this morning, live from his hospital bed in Long Island Jewish, coming up in about an hour. So that's a tough guy right there, Pete King. So Billy Joel, Long Island, Peter King, Long Island. Secondly, this uh, Governor Kathy Hochul, we know that one of the things she tried to push through, and I know this from Michelle Johnson, a.k.a. Michelle Capitola, Anthony's daughter, that big law firm out of Long Island, uh, she's on the uh, the board there in uh, Seaford uh, Oyster Bay or something. I don't know. But we know that uh, Hochul was trying to push this public housing in some fancy neighborhoods in Nassau County on Long Island. And the homeowners, as anybody would be, were pissed. Of course they were pissed. So it turns out that that is a dead on arrival. Like Howard Cosell once said on Monday Night Football about John Lennon, Dead on arrival. <laughs> he did say that. So um, Hochul held some press conference yesterday talking about everything from the budget to illegal cannabis shops to this housing plan being booted. And she actually, believe it or not, brought up the name Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. Why would she bring up the great one? See, that's the great one, not Mark Levin. Another putz right there with Cuomo and Kelly. I've now dubbed him the average one. He's not the great one. The great one is Wayne Gretzky. Kathy Hochul brought up Wayne Gretzky yesterday. This is cut 15, excuse me, cut 16 on the housing plan on Long Island getting booted. This is just the beginning of a journey, in my opinion. This is going to be something I'm going to continue to work on until we solve this. And that's my commitment to New Yorkers. And um, I feel a little bit like Wayne Gretzky. You (laughs) You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I took the shot. Wayne Gretzky. She took the shot. It's the first time I've been impressed. 
with her. That's that's yeah. probably going to be the only yeah. time. Even though what the shot that she took would have basically destroyed some nice neighborhoods, home values, crime. Would have, I mean, all kinds of horrible things were about to happen. So you can't give her credit for not taking for taking that shot. I should say. No, you can't. But yes, she did bring up Wayne Gretzky. Illegal cannabis shops. Mayor Adams, who will join me on Friday, he's talked about these, too. I know he's providing an early look right now on New York One at the executive budget proposal with my friend Pat Kiernan. Hochul here talks about illegal cannabis shops as being maybe one of the reasons for this budget holdup. This is Kathy Hochul Lewis, cut number 15. We are trying so hard to stand up a legal industry. This is not easy to do. But when you set up these businesses to fail already because of illegal competition, we have to take some dramatic steps now and give the enforcement tools to the proper agencies. I kind of like that. Right, I like the fact that the budget is being held up, at least we think, to a certain extent because of bail reform. Got to give Kathy Hochul, who I never give credit, some credit for that. The fact that she wants to get rid of his illegal cannabis shops. Got to give her some credit for that. She did talk about the budget holdup. It's about a month late now, but it may be coming to an end. Kathy Hochul, the governor, Lewis, cut number 14. I do see a path to wrap up the budget, uh, perhaps as early as the end of this week. Ah. We've been working around the clock. Our teams are doing an extraordinary job. I was here again with them late last night. And finally, again, the mayor, Eric Adams, set to join me on Friday. And all I keep reading and hearing is he called out Joe Biden. He called out Joe Biden. And I don't know. I mean, Noam, Justin Ellick, you guys cut up these audio pieces every day. You do the news, Noam, every morning. I've heard him time and time again say national government. I am yet to hear... Mayor Eric Adams say, Joe Biden, is there a audio cut that I'm missing? I don't think so. No. He has not called out Joe Biden. No. 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 The national government, like this one right here. This is what Eric Adams said on Friday. Lewis, cut number 13. You tell me where he says Joe Biden. You know, the city is being destroyed by the migrant crisis, and none of my folks came to Washington, D.C., to fight for the resources that's going to undermine every agency. Yeah, so no Joe Biden. In fact, if I had a bet on it, I would say that Mayor Adams is going to say on this show on Friday that he's happy, not only happy, but volunteering services to help Joe Biden in his effort to be reelected in 2024. That's my guess. What do you think, Noam? I think you're probably right. You know, maybe he wants a gig if Biden gets another four years, or maybe he's just looking ahead to his own mounting campaign for the White House. Yeah, that's true, too. Yes. We're going to talk to uh, Fox News. Brian Kilmeade, WABC, follows me every day coming up next. Talk Radio 77, WABC. Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77, WABC. Temple of the cards in the city go rushing by. 
Back here on a Tuesday morning, you folks know, of course, who follows me every weekday morning at 10 o'clock here on this station, the great Brian Kilmeade. You watch Brian every morning, Fox and Friends on Fox News, has his own terrific show. It's called One Nation, Saturday nights at 8 p.m. on Fox News. I've been a guest many times. It's a great show. And on the last couple nights, actually filling in for Tucker Carlson, working both Monday and Tuesday, in fact, that brings me back when uh, Bill O'Reilly left. The uh, Fox News kept the name The Factor for a couple of weeks, and the very last Factor show ever was hosted by Greg Gutfeld. And his guests that night, it was on Earth Day, ironically, his guests that night were me and my late great partner, Bernard McGurk. So here he is uh, doing just about every show across town, my dear friend Brian Kilmeade. Good morning, Brian. What's happening, Sid? What's happening with you? You're tired? You're okay? It's been a, a rough couple of days for you. Well, my problem is, you know I like to go to the clubs after the morning show. So I'll go there around uh, 12, right after the radio show. So I get there around 12, 15, and I'll just have the wings. And I usually sit there for four or five hours, then hop along on a railroad. I can't do that now. i got to prepare for the 8 o'clock show. You know what's funny is you can't ask anybody who works at Fox News about Tucker Carlson. And you can't ask anybody who works at CNN about Don Lemon. But you can ask it the other way around. So if I asked you, what do you think about CNN ousting Don Lemon? What are your thoughts there? You know, I'm on the, you know, we're on the air when he's on. But evidently, I mean, he seemed to have gone out of his way to actually have no chemistry with his guests. I, I know Caitlin Collins a little bit. I mean, she's just a very good reporter, very clear, very concise. And Poppy Harlow, I've never met her, but I hear she's a great person and she seems fun. So what's the problem? I mean, you got three hours on the air instead of one hour. Uh, no one was watching you at night, and he felt as though he does not have to pass. You've been on tandems your whole career. If you are, if it's about you, if you're never going to be successful. The minute you're put on with other people, it's about the show. It's about. It's not about you. It's well, how do we make the show better? Now that doesn't mean once in a while you get bent out of shape because you're not doing this interview or you want this. And I get it. But evidently he went in there like like he was walking on water. And how how long do you want to press your bosses to make a decision? And, and number two, with, with Tucker, I know nothing. I, I basically, and, and and you should know, I think you get the feeling of this. I mean, we, are, we have like 21 floors here. Every floor is really a separate show. And then you have a bank in the middle and you'll have a financing company over. So it's not all Fox in here. Number two is uh, Tucker's team is awesome dealing with them. I was filled in about 30 times anyway. So they're great. They're first class, extremely creative, extremely good. But Tucker's never here. Tucker was in Maine and Florida. Bill O'Reilly is in the hall every day. He's six, seven, big presence. You know, when he had a book out, he was on every single channel. So th- that felt a lot different. But they had huge, they have huge impacts because they're both unbelievably talented and insightful. But people at home should realize is that when we come to work we're we're almost a separate franchise you meet with your shows you try to grow that show you everybody gets the ratings we can get minute by minute ratings we're in competition every day i know cnn they don't even look at the rating we look at it every day and if there's a dip believe me we hear it so we're fighting every day but we're fighting you know we want the big channel to be good but all we're doing is trying to win that game with our show so we, I'm picking up stuff from the Wall Street Journal and from Mediaite and the New York Post. So I, I have no inside information except for just know he's a great guy and he was great and he's great to deal with. 
Don Lemon is owed uh, $25 million, I guess. Those are the reports yesterday, so really? there'll be a lawsuit there. Yeah, <laughs> they still owe him $25 million. So. $25 million? Yeah, yeah. You got a .6? Yeah, I know. It's hard to believe. Listen, don't get me started, okay? Uh, I, uh, I go to work every day, and whether it's radio or TV, I get bigger ratings than anybody in radio. It's not even close. Not even I close. I mean, I bury your buddy Sean Hannity. I triple his ratings, and he makes about, I don't know, $30 million more than I do. So. Oh, don't even get me started. But, yes, Don Lemon owed about $25 million, so there's going to be a lawsuit there. You know, uh, I was fighting with Chris Cuomo again last night talking about Don Lemon and CNN because he was a big name to be fired by CNN Jeff Zucker before Licht, of course, got rid of Don Lemon. And uh, I opened him to a spot to come on this morning, Cuomo, once again. And uh, talk about Lemon. And once again, it turned into a fight, name calling. He's telling me, oh, yeah, Uh, he's telling me I'm not intelligent. I said, hey, Cuomo, baby, there's a lot of pictures of you coming out of the water, not leaving a Mensa meeting. So I went back and forth for a couple of minutes, literally 20 minutes before his stupid show, News Nation, at 8 o'clock last night. So you went on News Nation last night? No, this was a a text conversation 20 minutes before his show started. So he and I are back at it again. But uh, the bigger news for him, I guess, is that his father, the late, great Mario Cuomo, that Tappan Zee Bridge is still named for his father. Yeah. And it looks like that's not going to change Brian Kilmeade anytime soon. Is that right? Yeah, it looks like they put it on hold, even though it was a bipartisan proposal. So uh, I guess people aren't that angry at him. And it's all Democrats. But, but this was bipartisan. They wanted his name off. I guess it's a little bit more difficult. You know, I don't. I guess he and, and reading about it was about six months ago. I guess when I was reading about it, he really strong armed his way to get his dad' name on that bridge. So he he bent a lot of people out of shape and spent a lot of political capital to do it, which is totally an ego trip. Which is probably his ultimate downfall. His, his ego is Andrew Cuomo's ego has yeah. always been out of control. Chris Cuomo, on the other hand, is very humble and self-effacing. He's stupid. So that's what he is. He's stupid. Uh, but you're right. Uh, compared to his brother, I guess he's both of those. No, I'm, I'm being sarcastic. Of course, <laughs> yeah. he's not humble and self-effacing. Right. But while Cuomo uh, bully and all those things. You didn't get called inept, yes, corrupt and and murderer and bully. This governor now, I know there's a charter school story out there, and and the budget is still not done. Now we're getting close to a month being late. You're hearing inept, ineffective, all these words for Kathy Hochul, all deserved, mind you. She's taken a beating, and I think you'd agree, Brian Kilmeade, deservedly so. Yeah, what was that quote? Uh, the Democratic lawmaker, one Democratic unnamed lawmaker was asked what the holdup is, and they said the governor's incompetence. <laughs> so the, the, what I would say is her stupid housing project, uh, which was going to blow up every community uh, on Long Island and uh, in Westchester, it looks like that's DOA. But on bail reform, she's trying to do the right thing to a degree. And with charter schools, she's trying to do the right thing, if I'm to believe what I read. I mean, these charter schools... Uh, they just produce results. They turn around lives and families. Why we are not doing everything possible to open this up? Why? You know why. Because the teachers' unions uh, supply the money to allow these Democrats to be successful, and in turn they say, kill charter schools, because we can't unionize those people. So that's, that's what she's dealing with. So I am going to, on the outside, I like the two things she's fighting for. Don't like the housing thing. And I just can't believe the supermajority, the Democrats' supermajority, don't feel as though they have to rein in crime. I mean, what's going on? The finance cops deal with the 37,000 illegals here. 
that are just overrunning the city. Why was that not the number one priority? Yeah. So I, I mean, question. put Sid, if I put you in there and I'm thinking about running you against your will for office, <laughs> yeah. you'd be really turning over tables. Oh yeah. And I you'd be, be you'd be yeah. calling press conferences to get what you want. Damn What's right. What's going on? I don't know, but I am going to speak to uh, Mayor Eric Adams on this show coming up on Friday. Now he's not been on. Believe it or not, tomorrow is going to be a month. The last time he was on was opening day in the Bronx, Yankees Giants, and that was the day that later on that day we found out that Donald Trump was being indicted. And I suspended Adams because earlier that morning he actually said about Alvin Bragg that he's professional and doing a very, very good job. And that's where I kind of drew the line. I'm like, enough of this. But I'm bringing him back on Friday. You know, you mentioned the the immigrants, the illegals, I should say, and upwards now of close to 40,000. And we've got no room. It's going to get worse. We know that. And it looks like Joe Biden, well, it doesn't look like he is going to run again. And that's his policy. So it would be interesting to see now if Eric Adams called out the national government, quote, Joe Biden last week, for this migrant crisis. It'll be interesting to see what the mayor does moving forward. And that may be question number one, Brian, coming up on Friday. Absolutely. You got to do it. And you got to just say, you know, he said things. and I like the press conference he called directed right at Biden. But it's going to get worse. Title 42 in three weeks goes away. And this number, I can't believe the New York Times did this story and nobody picked up on it. No one's leading with it. You know, you don't even have 60 minutes following up on this. There was, you know, one month in which President uh, Trump and he admits it was wrong. Melania admitted it was wrong to separate families. They, They went about it differently with DNA kits and did testing to make sure these families were actually legitimately related to each other as they crossed the border. Do you know we've lost 87,000 unaccompanied minors in our country? They're gone. And then they reported, with anecdotes and names and everything, including jobs, we have kids under 15 years old working 18 hours a day in what was equivalent to the 1920 sweatshops. They can't go to school. Sometimes they don't talk to their sponsors. Their sponsors basically license them out to, to farms and manufacturing plants. What kind of country is this? Hmm. How could how could uh, Joe Biden be getting away with this? Who knows what's happening in New York City in the kitchens and and the um, and the uh, and the warehouses here? I mean, at the very least, does anybody like kids? Can you ask him, Mayor Adams? Does it bother you that these kids without parents, with corrupt sponsors, are forced to work all day? Uh, who don't even know the language. That's happening right now in our country. The New York Times reported it, and it went into a silo. Nobody cares. Wow. Joe Biden once again announced yesterday he is running, and you just mentioned a couple of major issues. And what is the – well, what fixes that? And it's Donald Trump. I did see something really interesting today. Donald Trump will join – Katz and Cosby later on this afternoon on this station. He was just on with Greg Kelly a couple of days ago, and it's come up the possibility of Ron DeSantis being Donald Trump's VP. Now, we know, of course, logistically, they're both in the state of Florida, so something has to change. But while Donald Trump, on one hand, admits that he's down on him, he hasn't been loyal, all that ridiculous mob nonsense. He is also uh, supposedly telling his friends behind closed doors he's willing to listen about the possibility of a DeSantis-Trump ticket because even Donald knows that's unbeatable. What do you think about that prospect? Absolutely no way. No way. It would be a step down for Governor DeSantis at 44 years old to be the running mate of Donald Trump. Really? I think he would just say, I think that he would just say, see at 48. Let me finish the last two years, three years uh, as governor. 
and go ahead. You're on your own. And I just, there's no way. And by the, the same person, tell me one vote that gets converted. They're the same person, only uh, Ron DeSantis, to me, is, uh, I think he's got the he's more got the law background. He's he, got the military background. He's, more he's, he's literally run a state for six years. Big success track record. Uh, you know, I think DeSantis is the better candidate right now. I think Trump is the better retail politician. I, I think that he's got a real, he's got a, a, you know, the loyalty I've never seen in my life. This is the only thing we should be thinking about, Sid. This is it. What candidate and what team can win Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Georgia? And a lot of them, those two red states, Georgia and Arizona, flipped. And the president has been unable to make inroads in Pennsylvania. Michigan has gone more blue. And Wisconsin, we just saw that special election. They just got more liberal. So you need you need a ticket that's going to have to win over women, suburban women, and you got to find someone to soften Trump's edges and convince them that it'll be somewhat less tumultuous in the next four years. That's what you need. And and DeSantis doesn't help that way. Finally, 60 seconds to go. We have to end with sports. We always do. You're a great sports guy. Again, I tell this story. Late 1990s, my agent, Mark Lepselter, offered me a job. Worked with Brian Kilmeade, Mickey Mantle, Sporting News Network, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, uh, 25, 26 years later, Brian Kilmeade's a huge star. Aaron Rodgers is now the quarterback of the New York Jets. I had WFAN legend Joe Beningo on this show yesterday. He is, uh, the sky's always cloudy. You know, no matter what, the Jets are going to be bad. But he said yesterday on this show, they are absolutely 1,000% a Super Bowl contender. If Joe Beningo says that, that means the world to me. What is Brian Kilmeade saying this morning? I mean, on paper, uh, though, but the, I just can't get out of my head how bad they played the last four games. And how lost they seemed offensively, and can he bring? Can he fix all those things with Hackett, who he knows so well because they work so together? I, I mean, if he if he has the right mindset again, he went on a healing vacation, so he's going into darkness, and then went on a healing vacation to Mexico. I'm getting worried about him. I mean, I, I hope. I mean, what's going on? I mean, when's the last time you sat in darkness? You know. So, and now you're going to heal. We, I mean, we, well, you and I can't get time off to heal and sit in darkness. <laughs> no, we, we have no time to for any introspection. I mean, this is basically as deep as we get. Yeah, so, and most of the times when we're off, we're reading some type of spot. Um, so, so, I, I don't know. I do. I hope so. I, I, I'm a giant fan, but I'm not a jet hater. I hope so. I this is what I hope. A lot of times, you see these guys who don't want to deal with the New York press. I don't know how he's going to take it if the Jets lose two in a row and he keeps getting hit with the same question, what's going on with your age? You know, you don't seem to be moving as well. Your receivers are wide open. You tend to throw high. And, it, you know, I'm wondering if he's just going to just quit. Yeah. That, that's fair. what I worry about. Yeah, it's fair. But I do yeah. think I love the move. I love the move. I, I don't think, that you know, Rex Ryan said the same thing. They're going, they think they can go to the Super Bowl. Oh. See me in week eight. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, he is 39 years old, to your point, and we will see. As always, Brian Kilmeade, great conversation. Have a great radio right. show today and, and the whole thing, Fox and TV. And You're a superstar, buddy. Thank you so much. Right, and I think uh, we both deserve Don Lemon money. <laughs> uh, but And we'd like to still work. 
Unlike Don Lemon, right. we like to work for it. All <laughs> not, right? Let's not see what you can do about that. Uh, listen, that's a perfect way to end this conversation. Quote <laughs> Brian Kilmeade, we want Don Lemon money, and we want to continue to work. <laughs> yes, that's the combination. Uh, Thank you. Great job, buddy. Go get him, Sid. All right, you too. Brian Kilmeade, folks, of course, 10 a.m. every weekday after me, Fox and Friends, One Nation. More of me, Sid Rosenberg, right after these short messages. Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What you say? Just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oi! John Katzmatidis will have President Trump at 5 o'clock this afternoon, 5.06 to be exact. Nice job there, John. My man, John Katzmatidis. And don't forget, Friday night is season two. I am probably not going to be there. A lot of you have asked me. Uh, my daughter Ava is coming back from college this weekend. So uh, I'm going to get it Friday. So I'm probably not going to be there on Friday night. But it is, uh, I will be there throughout the season, of course. Season two of Staten Island Ferry Hawk Baseball, my, my buddy Homer Bush, former Yankee, new manager, opening night, very exciting. Be there. It's supposed to be nice weather, Friday night on Staten Island. I did get this uh, message, too. You know, I moved to this building. I moved. The insurance company put me up in this building until I go home. And I know I update you guys quite a bit, but it looks like I'll be going home around Memorial Day weekend. My buddy Rich Clift is working hard and the house, I haven't seen in a couple of weeks. Danielle and I will go there probably Saturday or Sunday. But it's uh, it's going great, and it's going to be gorgeous. And I can't wait to see my neighbors, Billy and Jackie Felton, 
Maria and Joe Ferrante, my attorney friend Joe Murray, Anthony Carone, uh, even uh, Martha and, and William on the other side, John, I should say. All of them are really, really terrific people, great people. But for now, at least, they put me up in this building in Battery Park. So a couple of weeks ago, you may remember, it was like 80 degrees. It was gorgeous for like three consecutive days. And I would walk out my building, no shirt, you know, because I got a great body, especially for 56. And I'd walk around. I've got a volleyball net in the back and, you know, right around the, right across the way from P.J. Clark's beautiful water downtown area. And right around the corner from my building downstairs, literally a, I don't know, 60-second walk, is this wall. And this wall happens to be the New York City Battery Park Gardens Memorial for 9-11 heroes. Today, of course, we talk, we speak to Frank Seller every Wednesday on this show, Tunnel to Towers. And they've got this beautiful wall right downstairs from where I live. And today... Margo just telling me this, the beautiful Margo Katzmatidis. There is a dedication, actually a big ceremony, which I'm going to go to. Now, I'm not dressed well. Don't be mad, John and Margo. I'm wearing jeans and a Ranger sweatshirt. Usually I dress impeccably, not today. And I don't have time to change. So I'm going to be dressed like I am right now. But I'm going to go to this because they keep adding names to this wall. People who have died from 9-11 cancers. Right? I mean, the the carnage is done from that day, but 22 years later, people are still dying. And I know that John and Margo have a good friend, and his name is Rory Capra, retired NYPD sergeant, and his beautiful wife, Audrey Patricia Capra, passed away, and she's going to be honored today. I believe this is today. Is this tomorrow? No, today, yes. So uh, she's already on the wall at the New York State Memorial Wall on the state uh, campus of Albany. She's also on the wall at the National Police Memorial Wall in Washington, D.C. But today, hero Audrey Patricia Capra will be placed on the wall right in Battery Park. A deserved honor for clearly a great woman. So to Rory Capra. And, of course, John and Margot Katsimatidis, um, what can I say? I'm happy for you. I'm sorry Audrey's gone. But at least today and forever, she'll be remembered as the hero that she was. So we're going to talk to Peter King, talking about heroes, coming up at 840. This son of a bitch just had uh, surgery, malignant tumor surgery, and he's still calling in this morning. So if you go to his Facebook page and his Instagram page, the great Congressman Peter King, he's laying in a hospital bed. He's got tubes everywhere and his anus and his ear and his nose. Yeah, but Greg Kelly's not available. Right, but Greg Kelly's not available. See, you got me. Why do you do stuff like I this? Don't I, I, you, you know, I don't know. I make people. my own bed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. It's, exactly. It's, it's not easy. Greg's you know. not available. Yeah. Right. Sorry about that. Well, he's suspended forever anyway. Don't with Greg Kelly. I wish him the best of luck. I love his dad. But um, Peter is still calling in from the hospital because people love him, of course, and uh, he's a great segment every Wednesday, and he loves me, he loves New York, he loves this show. So Peter's going to call in. Margo is uh, telling me not just Audrey, 77 more names put on the wall today. Today, 77 more names put on the wall today, and I'll be there once again 
coming up at 11 o'clock. So thank you, Margo. But Peter's going to call in at 8.40. My, uh, one of my favorite comedic actors from the great movie About Last Night, Jim Belushi, the brother of the late, great John Belushi, he's calling in at 9.30. And Dr. Mark Siegel calling in at 9.05. For some reason, people are still wearing masks. I don't, I don't know. Why do they do that? And there's all kinds of other stories on cancer and some other medical breakthroughs. Because they like the smell of their own breath. I guess. I used to hate that. Like, I never wore a mask ever, ever. And I didn't care if you fired me or Danielle kicked me out of the house. I wasn't going to do it. But every now and then I had no choice. And I used to hate that. It was the worst. It's oh, terrible. God. It's so unhealthy, yeah, too. Because I don't brush my teeth. What? Well, you don't. You have, you have horrible breath. Yes, I do. You have chronic halitosis. Yeah, whatever that Your is. Your breath smells like a butthole. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah. Okay. And not the clean one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm a bachelor in New York City, okay? You're, what does you're, that like, mean? You're, you're hurting my, uh, you're hurting my uh, you have, stock. You have horrible hygiene. Yeah. You have stupid hair. Your breath smells. Otherwise, you're gorgeous. <laughs> I know. That lady and her daughter came in from Ohio yesterday, and they were in love with you. Uh, that, everybody, Every female that walks in here is in love with you. No, me. calm down, buddy. That's not true. <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. No, no. I'd say one of every four. Four of every four. Anyway, Margo Katsimatidis, I love you, too. So, Tucker Carlson got fired. What? Did you hear this? Yeah, I heard about it. Did you? Yeah, I don't care. I just don't care. I love Tucker. I thought he was, uh, at the risk of repetition, far and away. There's not a close second on TV right now. There's nobody even close. I hate to say that to Brian Kilmeade. He's my good buddy, Jesse Waters. I don't care who you like. If you're on the left and you like Rachel Maddow, Chuck Todd, I don't care who you like. No one's even close. But I just don't care. I mean, it wasn't like every night at 8 o'clock I was watching Tucker. In fact, lately between the Rangers and the Knicks and the Mets, I'm watching a lot of sports again and loving every second of it. Tonight, Knicks and Cavs. Tomorrow night, I got the Rangers and the NFL draft. So I didn't watch Tucker every night. When I did, I loved it. You know, he's smart. I learned stuff. He pissed me off a couple of weeks ago with that whole self-serving video stuff from Kevin McCarthy. That's the day I yelled at Andrew Giuliani. I mean, it was nonsense. So he did piss me off a couple of weeks ago. But for the most part, I loved the guy. loved him. But I, I don't care. You know. I'm actually, I care more about Don Lemon getting fired. Because until I really know why Tucker got fired, and there seems to be some stuff that had nothing to do with on-air stuff, nothing to do with that. Until I find out for real what happened, I'm happier Don Lemon got fired. I care more about that because he's a racist. Making millions and millions of dollars. And we shouldn't have a racist making millions and millions of dollars even at a crappy network like CNN. Shouldn't have it. So I care more about Lemon because I wanted that than Tucker. But Howard Stern... The greatest of all time. Still is the greatest of all time. And when he talks about stuff that's not Donald Trump and or politics, there is still nobody nearly as entertaining as Stern. He put up a very good point on his show yesterday, which is the timing was not coincidental and couldn't have been better for some of these guys who were fired the last couple of days. This is Howard Stern, Lewis, cut number 12. This guy, Tucker Carlson, who's like the biggest thing on Fox News, he got 
fired, essentially. The speculation is that, uh, he, you know, not, not for what he said on air, but someone was saying so he's being, I don't know, I don't know what's going on over there. But evidently, then Don Lemon got fired over at CNN, and then some other, some guy at NBC, Jeff Shell, who's an executive, got fired. Yeah. And I'm like, Jeff Shell is so lucky. And so is Don Lemon, because Tucker Carlson getting fired on the same day you get fired, you barely make news. Like, no one will even notice. It's, well, he's you're, lucky. You're having the same thought I was. I thought, when they heard that Tucker Carlson was fired, they said, quickly, get those firings out there in the public, because it'll be dwarfed by the Tucker Carlson news. I'll tell you what happened. Tucker Carlson got fired, and CNN called a quick meeting and said, hey, listen. Let's go fire Don Lemon. Now we can. <laughs> and let's get rid of uh, Jeff Shell too, because uh, <laughs> now's the time to get rid of everybody. Because no one's going to really make a big deal about it. Could be dangerous going to work today. Yeah. Wow. It's always dangerous coming to work, if you said Rosenberg. Anyway, uh, New Yorkers talked about the Tucker Carlson firing on the streets of New York City. Here's what they had to say. Lewis cut number 11. One guy. Paint drying, that would be just as good. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he had a, such a cult following that it's hard to tell, like, what they could even replace him with. After a while, you just say, enough is enough. That's it? No, that was, uh, oh, no, no, it's not even there. Okay. So yeah, one guy yeah, said he was, like, it. watching paint dry. One guy said he had a cult following. And one guy said, enough is enough. Well, who's getting that gig? Is that uh, Tulsi Gabbard? I wouldn't mind looking at that at uh, Ew. 8 oh, p.m. Was, every night. That was enlightened. I mean, come on, bro. <laughs> you want to go from somebody, and not that she's not smart, but you turn this into, you know, porn. Mm-hmm. He was like a really smart guy. I mean, he went from Bill O'Reilly, who will join me tomorrow. He's brilliant. Tucker Carlson, brilliant. And now you just want eye candy? Um, would it be wrong if I said yes? Nope, I'm with okay. you 100%. <laughs> All right, big show is coming up the next two days. Big one tomorrow, Bo Deedle, Lara Trump, Judge Napolitano, and the aforementioned Bill O'Reilly. Friday, looks like Senator Ron Johnson and the Mayor Eric Adams. So some big shows the rest of the week. Still to come today, Peter King, Dr. Mark Siegel, and comedic actor Jim Belushi on New York's favorite talk show. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, right here. On Talk Radio 77, WABC. Talk Radio 77, WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77, WABC.
There was a time there, I was like, because I love this song, but if I told my friends I like Spandau Ballet, that was like gayer than Neil Diamond. <laughs> God, they you so the gay. Atlantic. <laughs> yeah, air Supply, Spandau Ballet. <laughs> do we have a penis hit? <laughs> I do, trust me. Why don't you yell at them the way you yell at me about songs like well, that? Oh, because I expect more from you. I well, I These are it. idiots, my friends. I picked it. No, I know. I like your musical taste, but <laughs> every now and then you would do annoy me. You would like, uh, give me an example of a song you, oh, you get. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an easy example. Go ahead. Uh, out of the thousands of REM songs. Well, you hate Perfect Circle. I just, right. It's just a song. You you weird me out with the I love that where song. you pick. Yeah, I love it. Like, I don't understand. Why do you pick REM, though? Isn't there, there's, like, when you, you like the Air Supply. You like Air Supply. I, I like everything. I you, really just, so you just hate that one song no, by REM? I, I just, it's a weird thing. No. You it is a weird out thing. the most. Yeah. Something must have happened when that song was on in the background to you. Clearly, you've got some type of horrible Oh, I think the memory. reverse. I think the reverse is something must have happened to you while that song was on the was on the background. Let me explain something to you, okay, Lewis? Okay. Everything has happened to me. Yeah. Well, I know, I know, sixty-five percent and thirty of it is true. <laughs> Very little of it bothers me, but well, you've submerged so much of it. Well, it's uh, it's okay. You got to do what you have to do <laughs> just to I get mean, through I've, the day. I have submerged yeah. so much. I don't even know where the heck I. Oh, am. Oh, I right know. Now, so. Yeah, well, I missed it that to us all those years. It was, uh, what do they call that, syndrome? or uh, Stockholm. Yeah, we had Stockholm syndrome. No, we had Imus syndrome. No question. Yeah. So I'm going to change my sweatshirt, I think. See, I don't like days when I find out stuff later. I didn't shave. And I look cute. I get it, but not great. So I didn't shave. I'm wearing a sweatshirt, and I have to go to this cop thing because there is nobody more pro-cop in the city outside of John and Margo than me. Nobody. So I got it, and it's downstairs from my building, right downstairs. But I'm not dressed up for it today, so what should I do, No. You should definitely go. In a Ranger sweatshirt and jeans? It's, it's fine. You're just there to show your support. It's fine. Right. And the cops love me anyway. Can you break down the NFL draft, the first round, for us this morning? Sure. Who do you um, like for the Giants at uh, 26? Uh, for the Giants, yeah. it would be that guy Jackson out of uh, University of Alabama. Good so, name. That's perfect so name. racist. That's the perfect so, name. Let me find a black guy named Jackson. Out of, uh, actually, not far off. The Giants are looking at a wide receiver. They just gave Daniel Jones like a billion dollars. Right. So they want to help him. The Jets, I think, are looking at offensive line to help protect Aaron Rodgers. But I know you're not doing that today. The NFL draft comes your way from Cleveland tomorrow night. Cleveland, Ohio, the epicenter of sports the next couple of nights. Nixon Cavaliers, game five from Cleveland later on tonight. NFL draft from Cleveland tomorrow night. But uh, what do you got this morning, though? Sydney. Welcome to the all-new WABC Game Show. Oh, God. It's called Two Lies and a Truth. And now here's your host, Noah Layton. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, today's contestant. He's a talk show host in New York City, number one talk show host. His name is Sidney Rosenberg. 
Hi, Noam. Great to be here. Thanks. Sid, what can you tell us about yourself? <laughs> uh, I like the song Perfect Circle by R.E.M. <laughs> I used to have dogs, but they all died. And I think Mark Levin's a weasel. All right. Fantastic. Let's go next. Well, we're going to ask you the question today. What do you know and how well do you know super producer Justin Ellick? How well do I know producer Justin Ellick? That's the question? Super producer Justin Ellick. How well do you think you know him? Well, not all that well because I've never heard him described ever as super producer. (laughs) (laughs) Stop right there. (laughs) All right, so... uh, the way this game show works, Sydney, is uh, Justin Ellick is going to tell you two lies about himself and the truth. You have to figure out what the truth is. Justin, tell us your first story. Okay. My first story was I was uh, abroad in London, which you do know, uh, in college, and I did spend a weekend in Prague where, um, you know, uh, 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 prostitution and, 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 and strip clubs kind of go hand in hand. So I, uh, I uh, got, got a dance from a stripper and I, I, uh, I, I uh, you know, fornicated with her that evening. And, um, that? That was <laughs> and uh, for the next uh, three or four months, I would see her every couple of weeks uh, in Europe. All right, so, so I basically sto- dated her. Story number one, Justin Ellick met a stripper and dated her. Uh, story yeah. number two, Justin Ellick? Story number two was <laughs> I was a contestant uh, very early on in the selection process of American Idol because I was uh, an a cappella singer in high school and um, and college. And one of uh, there was somebody who had seen me sing at one of our shows that had known uh, Simon Cowell, like he should, like uh, two degrees of separation, I guess you could say. And she had hooked me up with one of the very, very preliminary auditions. It did not go well, so I didn't get called back. All right. Story number two, uh, Justin auditioned for American Idol. Story number three. And story number three is I was lost at sea uh, for about uh, 20, 24 hours. <laughs> I was. I was. I was lost at sea for 24 hours. I was on a cruise. Well, son. And, uh, and, uh, and we got lost. We, we got off track for about a day. It was a big big storm, and we couldn't much see much, a lot of rain and mist and whatnot. And, um, yeah, we were lost for uh, about 15 to 24 hours before we got back on track. All right. So the stories are, and you're allowed to ask a question. Or two. Number one uh, is that Justin dated a stripper while he was in school in Europe. Number two is that he auditioned for American Idol. And number three, that he was on a cruise <laughs> that was lost at sea. One of these stories is true. The other are not. Uh, do you have a question that you'd like to ask as you try to figure out which was the true no, story? No, I got this. I got this one. You I, think so? You I mean, I think so. You can, you're allowed you to know, ask a question. Um, complete transparency. Mm-hmm. I've never heard any of these stories before. Well, that's the whole point. <laughs> How long have we worked together now for? Uh, two years. Two years. Even before you start working on this show, I believe you ran the board for my six-hour yeah. Super Bowl extravaganza. That was me. Which Margot Katsimatidis says to this day, I don't really care about sports, but I listen to the whole show. Wow. That Testament a, to me. Yeah, that was thank the first you, time man. I saw you naked. Oh, uh, that's true, yes. Uh, of those three stories... <laughs> That's the truth? Okay. Yeah, is that a lie? <laughs> well, I had a change. It was snowstorm that day. Uh, he's being serious. Uh, of those three stories, there is no question in my mind that the one that is 1,000% true is that he banged a hooker in Prague. I'm going <laughs> with story number one. You're going to... Okay, you yeah. know, we're going to give uh, Lewis a chance to answer this as well. Do you have a thought of what is the... Tr- you can ask a question as well, if you'd like, to get to the truth. 
I'm going to ask uh, Justin, uh, how long did it take for him to make up all three of these stories? <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting there writing next to me. <laughs> then he closes the door and says, you can't listen to this. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say that he, him being lost at sea is the truth. All That's funny right. because he is right now, basically. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the, uh, the... This is the dumbest thing we've done, <laughs> by the way. Noam goes, I got nothing today. I got nothing. All right. So uh, it is um, two truths or two lies. Two lies. Truth. Yeah. Uh, tell us what the true story is, Justin Ellis. Well, uh, Sid was actually right in, in assuming. Yes! That, but but that wasn't the true one. The truest one was uh, that I was lost at sea. I did bang a hooker in Prague, but <laughs> but uh, but I didn't I didn't I didn't date her for like the next three months. Uh, that was the one and only time I, I did see the hooker in Prague. Uh, but I, yeah, we were lost at sea. This was just the one, I was very young. I was like ten years old. All right. What so, uh, what cruise line was this? I don't really remember. Carnival, wow. Maybe yeah. It was a long time. Ago. I know. How about that? I'm scared. Yeah, I've oh, never heard of that good before. Thing. <laughs> I kind of like that. Can we do this every week? <laughs> we could. We could pick a different person once. No, a we got to do Lou. Okay. Yeah. Because Lou's done some <laughs> really tawdry stuff <laughs> yeah, in his yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went on the bus with uh, Levon Helm from the band. You, you can only imagine what the hell happened on that bus. Uh, we, we prayed every hour. Yeah, That's sure. What we did. <laughs> there was another uh, guy too that used to um. The guy that sings Someday, Someway, oh. Marshall Crunch. Yes, you party with him too, right? Uh, if you want to call it partying, fine. Yeah, yeah that's And sure. didn't you do Coke once with Liv Tyler? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. That's you're, you're, you're screwing up my next week's game right now. So, so just write it for me. All right. Listen, we got uh, Peter King coming up next. That was a lot of fun, Noam. Thank you, and Justin. The great congressman. He's on the mend, folks. He did have cancer in his stomach. Thank God it's been removed, and uh, hopefully Peter King will be 100% very, very soon. He will call us momentarily from his hospital bed in Long Island. That's how courageous Peter King is. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. But I'd like to win. My buddy Josh Fox owns that business, ERC Company. Actually paid a Kentucky couple $26 million not that long ago. So if your small business was affected by COVID, you got to reach out to these folks. That ain't no joke. They are paying out billions. He's a great kid. Lives down in Florida. It's a great company. Check those folks. Uh, check them out today. So I got a uh, call, a text from the lovely Melissa Zim. I do love her. A couple days ago, 
She says, uh, Pete's in the hospital, but he's okay. I'm like, what? What do you mean he's okay? Well, it turns out that I guess, and Pete will tell you the whole story. I guess he went to the doctor Friday. Something came up in an endoscopy or a colonoscopy. I don't know. And he had to have, I guess, emergency stomach surgery, malignant tumor on Monday. And then I start getting these pictures from Peter King, the great congressman and statesman, Homeland Security, just a wonderful guy in the hospital bed with tubes everywhere. Thumbs up. He's on his Facebook. He's on his Instagram saying, oh, I'll be with Sid tomorrow. This was yesterday. And sure enough, as promised, one of the most courageous people you'll ever meet and a lovely human being, live from Long Island Jewish, is my dear friend Peter King. Pete, good morning, buddy. How are you? Hey, Sid, I'm, I'm doing fine. Great to be with you. And actually, I'm out of the bed. They got me into a chair today. So you actually, also, I'm finally eating something. I mean, ice strips to eat. So I'm, uh, uh, you I'm so, under- But you sound great. You sound great. Yeah, I, I feel good. And actually, I mean, the story is uh, I, I was operated on a Monday. But actually, I started to hear about this about three or four weeks ago. I went in for a routine endoscopy for a good friend of mine, local doctor, uh, Michael Barth. And, uh, you know, they were looking for something else, and they found nothing. And then they found this little thing on the outside of the stomach, but it seemed like it was coming from inside the stomach wall. So he said, it's probably nothing. But then I went over to Northwell and got a, uh, a biopsy done there. And when you wake up from that, and the guy tells you that you know, he, uh, he thinks you have cancer. It's like a shock, you know. And, uh, but he kept saying, you know, don't worry, it'll be fine. And then and here's the story. Here's where you get involved, Sid. Uh, they didn't. Uh, they couldn't make the final evaluation, though, until uh, the following Friday, which I guess would have been the 14th or the 15th, whatever that Friday is. It was 14th. the 14th. It was Joe Tacopina and Pete Rose's birthday. I remember it well. Well, more than that, I'm sitting at home waiting. The doctors are going to call me between 8.30 and 9 with their final diagnosis. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden they get a text from uh, Justin. He says, if you want to go on a fight with Sid, do it now. So that was about the whole thing with the guy who was locked up, the National Guardsman. Right, the sheriff. Yeah, yeah, this is taking my mind off the doctors. So now I'm on there arguing with you, and all of a sudden I see the call is coming in from the doctors. That was great. So, so I get off the call, finally finish it up with yelling and screaming, yeah. and I forgot all about the doctors. And he said, oh, yeah, you have a, you have a ligament tumor we have to operate. Uh, and, uh, I uh, again, I'm a consultant in Northwell, so it worked out great. Uh, Dr. Matthew Weiss is the, one of the best anywhere. And they had to take out actually part of the stomach to get the tumor out, but they say it's not a tumor that would spread. And so uh, I'm fine. Uh, Melissa drove me and Rosemary into the hospital that Monday morning. And it's really an experience. You get there at 5 o'clock in the morning, and, God, it's uh, – I mean, again, they couldn't have been nicer. It's great. You go in the operating room, it seems like there's 100 people there. Mm-hmm. And uh, all these tubes going everywhere. And then you wake up. First of all, you're glad you wake up. That, 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 was, a, that was a big plus. Thank God. When, when it's over. And uh, really, all I've had is minimal pain. Uh, in fact, really, ever since the first few hours, whatever painkiller they give me is working, and I'm doing, you know, doing fine. Now, it's uh, you have to be a little careful because I guess you can take out part of the stomach. You don't want, you know, any uh, any kind of complications. Yeah. But I should be getting out by the end of the week, I hope. And if not, hey, whatever it takes. All I know is I'm cancer-free, and they can keep me as long as they want, and I got have as much pain. But right now, the pain is really minimal. If I tell you. Things you take for granted. I mean, just to get up out of the bed is like a ten-minute procedure. I mean, now I'm able to do it in like two minutes. But yesterday it was like right. ten minutes. You move this leg this way, that way, that way. Right, right. And then you're walking down the hall, and people are looking at you. And all that stuff. So, no, but they, they treat me great. The nurses, the doctors, everyone. 
a really great treatment. Uh, and also, you get I give small benefits. Yes, Eddie Crane will call me up. Oh. Hamsky, wow, like that, you know. So it was great. Oh, good old Mets. And usually, happy having a Long Island Jewish hospital, you know. <laughs> yeah, I love the fact you had a Jewish hospital. Yes, and the Met guys are calling you. But as great as it is that Ed Crane Poole and Art Shamsky called you, and I love both of those guys. I thought the coolest visit came from the police commissioner, Nassau County, my friend and your friend Pat Ryder. Yeah, Pat Ryder is a great guy. That was totally unexpected. He came in. Uh, with, with his security guy, Kevin Vahey, the two of them were here. Pat stayed, I'd say, a good hour. It couldn't have been better. Also, I have to really stress, Rosemary was with me from day one on this. My sister, Barbara, was a nurse. Uh, my son, my daughter, Sean and Aaron have been great. Obviously, my wife has been great. And Rosenfeld, I worked with me for 28 years. She's been helping out. You know, here I am. So, it's uh, again, it's, uh, it's a wake-up call. When, like, suddenly, you know, I guess, uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, and you wake up, and you say, Jesus, yeah, I, I, I got cancer. Hi. But then... As it was taken care of, now I feel like a you know, million bucks. I'm on top of the world. I'm ready to knock you on your ass. <laughs> I'm on the show. If I'm on talking about being a cancer survivor, do I have to listen to Justin to our bangers and hooker and drugs? I mean, come on. Have a little respect. A little bit. Not a lot. Something. Hopefully, you got a good laugh, although I'm fearful that right now that your stomach is still kind of sensitive. Thank God. The pain is not bad because you're all, you know, junked up on who knows what they gave you, probably uh, Oxycontin or something. Uh, if you start you to laugh, know. You yeah, I do know, exactly. If you start to laugh really hard, does it hurt? I know. Yeah, yeah I, I have to watch that. So uh, yeah. usually when I talk to you, I cry. So <laughs> and that was a, a pretty good back and forth that morning with Teixeira. But I did that was see, great, yeah. That was great. And, but I did see something just now, and I thought of you. You know, we've got MSNBC on in the background. In fact, actor Liv Schreiber. There's a very famous picture of me and Liv together at a Nick game about three weeks ago. He played Ray Donovan on TV. He's on MSNBC right, right now. But uh, right before him, there was a guy named Richard Haas on. And Haas was saying that um, Northern Ireland, what happened in Northern Ireland, should remind us why the war in Ukraine should end today. And any time I, I hear Ireland or Northern Ireland, based upon your work with President Clinton, the Good Friday Agreement, I think of you. What, what about Haas, including Northern Ireland, in today's conversation about the Ukraine? Yeah, it's really two different issues. And, I, and I'm not trying to you know, win a debate or anything. And I know Richard Haas, he was actually very involved in Northern Ireland after the agreement. But he was important in the years afterwards when they are keeping the agreement together. Uh, now, to me, it is different. Another island that was going on for 800 years within the country, and it was a uh, really a, almost a unique situation, the way a part of Ireland was cut off, and it was it contrived to have a pro-British majority. And, uh, and actually, I give Bill Clinton most of the credit for that. And what it was is, yeah, people like Jerry Adams, who was involved with the IRA, whether or not he was a member, he, and they realized they could fight forever, but they weren't going to win. And then the British also realized that. Once both sides realized that, that's when the United States can, you know, can really play a major role. And the British did realize they couldn't win this. Uh, the IRA realized they couldn't win it. And so they worked out the best agreement they could. And so when that happens in, in Ukraine, once both sides realize, oh, once the United States believes that both sides have gone as far as they can, then they can be a real role. Yeah.
Gotcha. This is uh, Peter King. Thank God on the mend after stomach surgery, removing cancer. And we want Peter around, I know I do, for a really, really long time. So I'm really happy that uh, you're feeling better this morning and they got rid of that. I want to move to uh, Joe Biden. He did announce yesterday that he is once again running for president. Oh, yes, can see. just passed right over. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. It's so depressing. Okay, good. <laughs> I mean, you're alive. You're okay. Like Fine. Rosemary. Rosemary said, this is it. No, yeah, no, no more nice treatment. Forget it. It's over with. <laughs> Hey, you're lucky. You know, I get told all the time that I'm blessed. And I know you love Danielle, too. So does Rosemary. She is a beautiful girl, brilliant. I have a great wife. But uh, so do you. Rosemary is such a fine lady. And Sean, your son, who I met on the streets a couple of weeks ago, and Aaron, your whole family. So thank well, God you've well, got that. Let me tell you what Sean said. When Sean heard they did a biopsy and found I had a tumor, I was expecting some compassion. Because whether he was a pile driver to get through your stomach, how did they do the biopsy? <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, Tell me about Biden announcing he's going to run again for president. (laughs) Uh, To me, uh, he's been a failure as president, total failure, not just on his policies, but he almost all his failures were self-induced. He brought them about. And uh, if a person was supposed to unite the country, he's divided as much as ever before. No, he's a very poor president. He'll be a poor candidate. And Republicans, we have to get our act together. We can't have another four years of Joe Biden. Well said. Donald Trump will join our buddy Katz, Katz and Cosby, coming up at 5.06 this afternoon. So for your stomach's sake, don't listen. Because I know you don't like Trump these days. But, but on a serious note, you know, Peter, I, I speak to so many people in New York, Republicans, Democrats, and really everybody loves you. I, I, you're the only politician I, I can say this about where you get bipartisan love, people appreciate what you've done, not just on Long Island, but Homeland Security. You care for people. You are genuinely a really decent, good person. So in all seriousness, I'm really happy you're okay. But I'm even happier that you wake up in the morning and go, wow, I won this one. Winning this one really has to make you feel like not not a new outlook on life, but maybe something like that, yes? Yeah, no, you're right. Absolutely. You know, you always say, you know, yeah, this could happen, that could happen. But until it happens, you don't really face up to it. And then to face up to it and to find out because of good doctors, I'm, I'm going to win. It's a great, great feeling. Also, it's great to see you know, your real friend show up at a time like that. Oh, there's no question. And the Internet is buzzing. And again, your beautiful family. And what was the doctor's name, Pete? Dr. Weiss? Yeah, yeah Dr. Matthew Weiss. Uh, he went to Holy Cross College. Uh, he's a uh, Great guy, and uh, he's been out in Oswald now the last few years. Great guy, great, great personality, and he, he couldn't have been nicer. I mean, he could not have been, mm. apart from being a great doctor, he is really just a, a, a wonderful guy. Michael Dowling, who heads up in Northwell, again, I, I could not have been treated better, but I tell you, uh, Matthew Weiss, great guy, number one. All right, well, listen, go get some rest and uh, spend some time with your family, and I really appreciate you coming on this morning. I know you feel better, but it still can't be easy. But that is the warrior you are. Courage, love, all these words describing the great Peter King. So you continue to feel better. Get out of there, and we'll do this again next week when you're back at home. How does that sound? That sounds great, Sid. All right. I love you, pal. I love you, Pete. Thank you. There he is, Peter King. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. But you never get to leave eleven gallows on your sleeve.
Funny, Lou. Here it is REM. <laughs> you are, you are funny. Perfect circle off of the Murmur album as we start the fourth and final hour of New York's favorite talk show. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, here on WABC. Been a great three hours. Great. Peter King from his hospital bed moments ago. That was that was really cool, wasn't that? That was great. And uh, who else was on uh, so far today? Curtis. Curtis was amazing. He always is. We had a great 740 guest today, but for some reason I'm... Mr. Kilmeade. Oh, Brian was great, right. So let's stay with Fox News. Mm. Brian Kilmeade to Dr. Mark Siegel. Siegs, like me, will be in front of his television 7 o'clock tonight, I hope at least, as the Knicks try to close out their series. going to be tough in five in Cleveland, and it looks like the Knicks are going to play Miami. Because John has got hurt. The Bucks are the best team in the NBA. But John has got hurt. And the Heat, coming off a Jimmy Butler 56-point performance, now shockingly lead Milwaukee three games to one. So you're looking at the real possibility of the Knicks versus Heat, while the Sixers, who swept Brooklyn, will probably play Boston. But Boston had a chance to win their series last night, and the Hawks got the win to extend it to six. With that said, here he is, my friend, the great Dr. Mark Siegel. Good morning, Dr. Mark. Wow, you got all that right. As usual, the great sports analyst, Sid Rosenberg, on top of political analyst, on top of hero and and great heart. So the only thing I want to say about the Knicks is the unspoken is that the addition of Josh Hart was brilliant. Huge. Because of his, his, you know, his history at Villanova with – with Brunson, and Brunson's the hero of the year. I mean, Brunson's the MVP of the team. He's unexpected, unpredicted, a great point guard they have needed for so many years, since Walt Frazier, really. I mean, you know, apologies to a couple in between there, but, but I mean, Derek Harper was pretty good. But look, Walt Frazier, and now, I mean, Brunson's not on the Walt Frazier level, but unbelievable how well he has played, and now Barrett waking up. I think if it's Miami, they have a shot. I don't want to say that they're... they're I don't think they're there yet, Sid. I mean, look, tonight it's rough because it's on the road, and, and Randall's been injured. Let's see how he does. But they have a really good shot to close it out tonight. I yeah. agree. No, I mean, not about tonight, but they'll win this series. I don't think Cleveland will win three straight. And then I had the same conversation with Jeff Van Gundy, former great Nick coach, now great analyst alongside Breen and Jackson. He made a very rare New York appearance on my show here yesterday. And I said what you just said, that Brunson – is the second greatest point guard in Nick history. Now, we did forget about Mark Jackson. Jackson had some really good years coming well, out of St. John's with Pat Ewing. Ewing. He, worked, right. yeah. he worked so well with Patrick Ewing, right. absolutely. Right, but Brunson is the MVP. I was happy they benched Randall. 
Uh, Hart has uh, every intangible you want in a player. You're exactly right. They're getting an unbelievable production out of their two big men, Robinson and Hartenstein at center, and Toppin coming off the bench. They're just they're fun to watch. So we'll see game five coming up later on tonight. And by the way, one more thing about Hart is everybody listening knows that what, what the trademark, Jeff Van Gundy trademark of the Knicks was, was defense. And Hart has given them both sides of the court, yes. the intangible yes. track. So he, usually does, he usually does cover the best offensive player on the other team. So you're right. He, he dies for loose balls, a la Charles Oakley. He makes big threes. He's not afraid to take the ball to the basket. I love Josh Hart. I really do. So 1,000% agree, Dr. Siegel. And hopefully you and I will be together second round at Madison Square Garden for the Knicks and the Heat. All right, good. Now, let me get to uh, New York City because I still live in the city until I go back to Queens next month. I live downtown, but I still go uptown, like the Upper West Side, to get my body shaved and haircuts and stuff like that. And I can't believe, Dr. Siegel, I can't believe the amount of morons still walking around New York City wearing masks. Why? Outside, where, where I don't know what they're protected against. Maybe they're hoping a rat won't recognize them. <laughs> By the way, you, you forgot one other thing. You go uptown to get pay, paid dinners by John Casamitidis, the owner of this station. Well, that's true, too. Feels, <laughs> he feels bad for you, and he always gives you the, the primo seat at the table. Yes, You're the king does. seat. So. Yes, he does. No, listen, I, I can't say enough good things about John or Margot. You're right. But on a serious note, why are these people still doing that? What, there is no virus left. There's none. Well, that's just – look, for a long time now, it's been virtue signaling anyway. Even inside our medical center, mask, mask mandate is gone. So if a hospital is saying to you, you don't have to wear a mask, why would you wear one on the street in good weather? I just got back from Scotland, by the way, enjoyed a couple of great Guinnesses when I went over to Ireland and Dublin. Amazing. But it's chilly over there. Maybe I could wear a muffler, but here it's warm. It's time <laughs> to, t- to take your warm clothes off. It really is. Doesn't make and, any sense. Doesn't no, make any right. sense. and that sunshine, that vitamin D is so good for your, uh, you know, for you that you don't, you know, the mask, all you're doing there is making life more difficult. Let's get to the story that you guys actually. By the way, co- by the way Sid, you can't curse people on the street if they can't see your face. Right. On, this is New York. <laughs> yeah. One of the things you talked about yesterday on Fox News was how doctors, Dr. Mark Siegel, are now encouraging Weight loss surgery, surgery for overweight children. How about give the kid a salad? They need surgery? Well, and it's up to over 2,000 per year teens over the age of, of 13. And the American Academy of Pediatrics backs this, plus the use of Ozempic and Wagovi, which do the same thing as bariatric surgery, only without surgery. But those are brand-new drugs that adults are clamoring for. But children, it's, it's untried long-term use. And you just said it. I mean, what did we do during the pandemic, by the way? And you're going to rule out this next point. We killed off gym classes. Are they back? No. What happened to physical education? What happened to recess, playing basketball at recess? What happened to good diets in the schools? All of this remote learning and shuttering schools led to a lot of sedentary behavior, nervous comfort food. You're not going to be surprised at this, but a study just came out from China yet that showed that if you eat French fries regularly over 11 years, you balloon up with pounds. Well, oh. and, that, and that there's a higher risk of depression, I should say. So, so in other words, it's comfort food, fast food eating, and sedentary behavior taking the place of play and gym and sports and activities that leads to the weight gain. And then suddenly some doctor comes and says, hey, you're in this category. Well, you are. You could have heart disease later on, diabetes. 
you know, I'm not poo-pooing all of this. we got to get the weight down. But let's recognize the damage the pandemic did, please. The pandemic really did a lot of this damage, and we've never come back. You're exactly right. So the last time I was on Brian Kilmeade's really fine Fox News television show, One Nation, Saturday nights, it's on about three weeks ago. And uh, one of the stories he discussed was AI, artificial intelligence. But he was talking specifically about how people now steal other people's information, identity theft, really, with AI. But AI has come up in the medical profession as well, something you also discussed not that long ago, how AI can help doctors, but at the same time harms a lot of doctors. How was that the case? By the way, Brian is brilliant. The two of you together, it's like putting kindling and causing a great fire. It's unbelievable. (laughs) Thank you. No, really. But he made a point there that I have not made yet, which is patient privacy is going to be a big problem the more that you have some computer crawling over your account. God knows what it's attached to at the other end. I like it as a research tool. I heard from a top radiologist at Harvard on my radio show last week who said, you know, we use CAT scans to look at organs like the liver or the kidneys, but we could use artificial intelligence to look inside bones and see how much fat you're building up and see what that's going to mean later on in terms of your bones and in terms of, you know, diabetes and such. I love the idea of using AI under careful guidance, but chat GPT, some moron said, oh, if the doctor doesn't answer your question, Go home and plug in your question to chat GPT. Oh, my God. Are, are you kidding me? A robotic Aye. voice says, hi, Dr. Siegel, not available, but, Aye. you know, scratch your left arm. I mean, are you <laughs> kidding me? Well, I saw some guy did that, and he's an 80-year-old guy. He went on a cruise and had, like, a heart attack and almost died. But this is the new age. I mean, my sister Lizzie, for example, I love her desperately. She's a great girl, my, my sister. She never took a, a, a medical class in her life, never went to medical school, but she Googles stuff, and now she talks like she's Dr. Mark Siegel. So this thing on AI is basically the same thing. Everyone's a doctor these days, but the problem is they're not. No, and that, that came out of the pandemic, too, and I think that the answer to this is that you need, it's like a plane. If you, do you want a computer landing your plane? I mean, what if no. you got on a plane and they said, by the way, today we're going to try out the automatic pilot to land? Everybody would get off immediately. <laughs> immediately. I mean, you, need, yeah. you need somebody with experience. It's a tool that's got to be guided by a doctor in a way that helps them by accumulating data, not something to take control and provide answers that you can rely on. As you just said beautifully, Google started this problem. People, I, and, and I don't mind, Sid, when people come to my office with Google stuff. I don't care where they get their information. I want to discuss it with them. I don't mind the information part. I mind that they get in decisions and diagnoses. That bothers me a lot. So when this whole thing went down with this toxic train crash in East Palestine, not Steen, Ohio, (laughs) you were one of the brave souls that actually went there. You showed more courage than our own transportation secretary, that pussy Pete Buttigieg. Uh, you were there knowing full well what was out there. Do you know that just yesterday, Doc, months and months after that crash, people are still testing for vinyl chloride and benzene? How crazy is that? Because it seeps into the water and it seeps into the ground and then it's reconstituted and come back in the, comes back in the air. And I arrived there thinking, ah, this may be anxiety. All the ER doctors are saying people are anxious. But then I smelled the air coming in at 4 a.m. And I had a sore throat for days after that. The only thing that was working there 
in East Palestine were two things. The donuts were unbelievable, and people were coming from all over the country bringing water for people to drink. That was really great. People coming up flatbed trucks from Texas with big vats of water, clean, you know, clean water. Don't forget, uh, Don, don't forget Donald Trump on his visit also brought Trump water. You know, and that's really, really important. And you didn't see the president there. I don't know if he re- if he even knows where it is. He might no. have gotten confused and gone some other state by mistake. <laughs> but, but, you know, and Buttigieg, as you said, did nothing. And, and there really hasn't been any governmental pr- pressure applied. I mean, it's like they're afraid of this train company. I mean, maybe we'll find out they have a they have an investment in it or something. But I, I, I think that this is a huge problem. I mean, they talk about the Democrats talk all the time about the environment. Right. But what about the spills? They never talk about those, ever. Democrats always talk about they're the party of science. And there is no science in anything they do. I mean, they're just unbelievable. You know, last one, somebody just asked me to ask you this question. Is it possible that we're in the middle of a, a big allergy season now, that some of these people wear masks to, uh, to uh, I guess, limit allergy attacks? That's a brilliant question. And the answer is it's a bad idea because if you do it, when you take the mask off, it comes back worse. And, it does. And you're not, you're, you're, it's actually affecting your breathing. As you said, wearing it outside, wearing a mask outside affects your breathing. You're not really effectively. You are actually decreasing some of your exposure to allergens, but when you take the mask off, it gets worse. And I'm worried about people doing that outside. You, you remember when they wouldn't let people play sports without a mask? Yeah. I thought 17-year-olds were going to have heart attacks. You can't, you can't breathe properly. No, you can't. So if a boy... A boy puts on a wig and wakes up one morning and says, I'm a girl. You don't know it. You don't get it. I'm a girl. And that boy goes out in a swim meet, in a tennis match, and competes against a girl. You're a doctor, Mark Siegel. This is a doctor question. Is that still a boy versus a girl? Even though that boy woke up that morning and thought he was a girl. I think that there's a big hormonal issue here, and I look at it very scientifically, that male hormones give you a tremendous advantage in sports. And that Now, for some reason, by the way, and I can't figure this out, when Richard Raskin became Renee Richards back in the 70s, and Billie Jean King, he ended, she, he, she ended up coaching Billie Jean King, but I, I, I never really accepted that. And somehow that wasn't as charged a question, but I, I think it's a, it's a selective advantage in sports. And I think it under, never mind the locker room question, but I think it undermines the whole integrity of the sport. What do you think? I agree with you 100%. It's gross. It's gross. And I've got a daughter who is a, a big time tennis player who competed. And if some uh, guy walked on the court, put on a wig and went up against my daughter, I would run on the court and beat the living daylights out of that person. How about that? That's me. I can't wait to see that. That would be a photo up. Go, go <laughs> yeah. viral. That, that, that yeah. was what you just said about Pete Buttigieg, all going viral. <laughs> That's why you love coming on this. You're not going to get that on Fox News. I can promise you that. But at any rate, I did miss you. I'm glad you're home. Welcome back. Great spot this morning. Let's go, Knicks. We'll do it again very soon, pal. I love you. Thanks. And we'll, we'll have our steak before the game in, against Miami. You got it. You got it. Keen Steakhouse, Dr. Mark Siegel and Sid Rosenberg. Nick's Heat, of course, you've got one more hill to climb. I know the Cavs winning three straight seems unlikely, if not impossible. But if the Cavs win tonight, all of a sudden, they only got to win two more. So before we put the court in front of the horse, Nick's and Heat sounds good. Let's get a win ASAP.
Oh, baby, Jim Belushi's coming up. Tunnel to Towers update as well. So let's take a uh, quick break. Wednesday morning, hump day, with the King of New York. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, right here. Friends in the morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. See a bare-ass Demi Moore right about now. With the moonlight in the kitchen with Rob Lowe. This Bob Seger classic used in the movie about last night. And I still quote that movie to this day. To this day. Was she a pro? The Great Train Conversation. And I've loved Jim Belushi forever. I know his brother John, God rest his soul, is a part of Americana. But I thought Jim Belushi in that movie was as good as it got. And he's done a million funny movies and TV shows. He sings. He dances. And now he grows weed. Here he is, the great comedic actor, been a fan for a very long time, Jim Belushi. Jim, it's Sid Rosenberg in New York. How are you? Hey, Sid, uh, nice talking with you. How are you, sir? I'm great. I, I've that been. Song, yeah. That song is so beautiful, man. And it really is the heart of About Last Night. That movie was, was my favorite as an actor to do. I did the original play. Sexual Perversity in Chicago by David Mamet, and then we adapted that to About Last Night. And uh, that changed, Sid, that changed my whole career. That made me like a movie star. (laughs) Well, deserve it. I mean, look, I I loved all those Teen Angst movies back then. I'm 56. That was my year of Breakfast Club and St. Elmo's Fire. But I got to tell you, the four of you, you, Rob, of course, Elizabeth Perkins and Demi, it was such an amazing chemistry. I think for me, of all the Teen Angst movies, about last night was the best. I really believe that. Thank you so much, man. I do, too. And I think because it came from a solid foundation of David Mamet's writing. And then Tim, Tim Kazerinsky and Denise DeClue did an – I thought they should have been nominated for Best Adaptation because that is a solid, solid movie in a place today. I mean, it really captures – you know, the fear of commitment for men and the, the, the stress of beginning of a relationship. You know, it's really, and 
very funny. It like, was funny. I like my show. <laughs> Growing Belushi. Yes. We try to get a lot of heart in there and, and a lot of information about cannabis, but it's very funny at the same time. It is funny. It's funny, Jim, because you're just funny. It doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're trying to, you know, peddle weed or, or, or Bernie Lipko. And, you're just a funny guy. I mean, the whole Belushi family is funny. But, you know, I tell you what, and I'm all for the legalization of marijuana. I'm all for legalizing everything. I'm actually a very liberal guy for a guy working on a conservative radio station. I, be, I you know, I'm pro-choice. I believe in gay marriage. Yeah, I, I, I know. But listen, Sid, it doesn't matter how conservative you are or how liberal you are, we all know people that are struggling, yeah. that are screaming inside, especially after this pandemic with anxiety, with going through chemo, with PTSD, anxiety, sleeplessness, hopelessness. And, and cannabis is really booming with the, with the help with all these kinds of things that are going on. And it also makes you feel good, which you yeah. should never feel bad about feeling good. I mean, what do we do every day except for trying to feel good, right? We either work out to feel good, we, we go out to dinner to feel good, we go to entertainment to feel good, and cannabis helps with that, and it's it's not alcohol. You know, when I was a bouncer in Chicago, I never broke up a fight between two potheads. <laughs> I mean, it is True. a very peaceful yeah. The problem, you know, I played, we did a Blues Brothers show for an Infuse Festival. It was a concert where you can only smoke weed, right? And it was the most beautiful event, except it wasn't really loud because they're all so chill watching it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, i tell you what's funny with weed with me is... I, um, I'm a recovering addict, right? So I've gone to rehab twice because I love liquor and I love cocaine. I loved it. So um, I don't really drink. I don't drink at all anymore. And I don't do drugs. I don't do hard drugs. But I do, I'll admit this to you, Jim Belushi, and my audience, I do edibles. I, I can't smoke weed because it's bad for yeah. my throat and I speak on the air so it doesn't work for me. But I do do the edibles. But I will say this. I have Jesse Ventura on every now and then. And he not only promotes weed, he's like, everybody should do it, man. Everybody and I do think we got to be a little careful, especially with kids, because at the end of the day, Jim, even though no, I do what no, 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 you, no, you can't do it. You know, no, no, they can't. Kids, it's, it's, you know, it's a twenty-one thing. You know, you got to be over twenty-one. Right, right. So you're not out there saying, "Hey, all these kids." I mean, we should keep that stuff away from the kids until they need it. Right? Is that fair? Well, I mean, uh, the thing is, is, once we get this federally legalized where, you know, we could even do more research with licensed doctors, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I think there are some medical benefits to, uh, uh, you know, college-age students that are suffering from great anxiety, and they're reaching for alcohol, uh, I, 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 I mean, but... I'm, I'm not saying we should do that until right. it's legal, right? right. You know, uh, but but uh, you know, it's interesting that you're a recovering uh, addict because you know there is a thing called California sober where they want you off drugs, they want you off alcohol, but they don't mind if you microdose right. cannabis, like like you said, like an edible. I mean, it's just a it's. I don't think it's it's a drug. It's not. It's it's a medicine. And we take medicine all day long. Whether I mean, I don't even take Advil anymore. 
I don't take any kind of anxiety-reducing pills like Xanax or or Ambien or anything. Yeah. Because it's peace, peaceful, peaceful plant. Well, for me, these great sense. Yeah, for me, this is uh, the great comedic actor Jim Belushi. Growing Belushi, season three on Discovery Plus. It's a great show. Just premiered a couple of weeks ago, season three, early April. Follow Jim, his family, his uh, team. They're all hilarious at his Belushi farm. For me, I replaced melatonin. I used to take melatonin with the edibles. So now I need edibles just, just to go to sleep. But I have to tell you that I liked it when you drank a little bit because some of my favorite scenes in About Last Night was when you and Rob Lowe would hit Mothers, which I think is a real bar in Chicago. And boy, can you pound yeah, those beers. It is, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a real place on Division Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is that... Yeah, well, we were fake drinking, uh, you know, <laughs> on the movie. <laughs> that's, close, that's close to Wrigley Field, right? Uh, well, everything's close in Chicago, but uh, it's actually... Uh, Division Street is like, uh, what is that... Like 800 north, and Wrigley Field is 3,600. 3, so it's, it's kind of far, but not that far. Bernie Lipko. Love the you know, I, I got to give you credit, too. And, you know, you're your own person. Like, I'm friends with Patrick McEnroe, Jim, and his brother, John McEnroe. John, of course, is always the better tennis player, the biggest star. Here, you lost your brother tragically. God rest his soul. I was a huge fan. Your brother is, too, a huge fan. But to your credit, you've gone on and had this amazing career. Your show right now is doing great on Discovery. You've done a million TV shows and movies, the band, the Blues Brothers stuff. So I got to give you credit because it could not have been easy being John Belushi's brother. And you've done quite a job yourself there, Jim. Well, it's it's not easy being in the business I'm in. It's just like <laughs> business. Uh, but I'll tell you, you know, what's not easy is is dealing with uh, loss within a family. And there's so many people out there today that are struggling with great loss and grief. And, uh, you know, it's grief is a, is a difficult thing. It puts you through a lot of changes, and you learn a lot about yourself and the world around you. And, and again, cannabis can really help with that, that suffering, you know. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't easy having my uh, brother, you know, pass away that way. Yeah. That's why, again, cannabis is like if he was a pothead, he'd be alive today, you know? But seriously. No, you're right. You're uh, right. Yeah. You know, you can't die. You, you, you're not really, you can't overdose. I mean, you can overdose on cannabis. You're eating too many edibles. You'll be in bed for 18 hours. But, you know, I think... we can't really... Uh, no, I think no. He would have. He'd still be alive today. And a lot of those guys, Robin Williams. Well, I mean, listen. You know, I, I I talk to veterans that you know with PTSD that they slam like six hundred a prescription of six hundred oxycotton on them for PTSD, and these guys are getting off of opiates with cannabis. Yep. And uh, you know, opiates not a good thing, man. I mean, okay, you're in the hospital, you got a surgery, give me an oxycotton to get through the day, but. Then, then leave it, you know. Agreed, man. You're much better off with the edibles. All right, so in wrapping up this conversation, I want to go on uh, season four of your great show on Discovery and, and take a bunch of edibles, and you and I do some show tunes together. How about that? <laughs> well, I, I might do a little special just on 
watching people make the transition, and you would be the perfect person to do it. I'm the guy, so make sure you say, you say to Art Sears, make sure you give me Sid Rosenberg's number. That's my guy right there. He's made the transition from melatonin to cannabis because of Jim Belushi. Jimmy, I love you, buddy. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sid. Thank you so much. God bless you. That's a great American right there, folks. Great Chicago Cup fan, Jim Belushi, with some more Bob Seger from about last night. Give me a, a, a contestant, too, for uh, Sid's tape. 1-800-848-9222. Bob Seger, living inside my heart. Living inside Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. All right, your Wednesday hump day quick edition of the Peerless Boilers Sid's Take Trivia Game. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you because they're the world's best built boilers. Justin Ellick here, your host for the game. We've got Joe out in Delray Beach. What's going on, Joey? Hey, good morning, Justin. How are you? Hey, Louie. Oh, Louie's here. Oh, I hear. We're all in the house. Hey, how are you? Long What's time no speak, Lou. What's going on, Joe? Uh, not much. Just enjoying the life in Florida. Missing oh, New York. That's yeah. rough. Yeah, we're very jealous, Joe. We're very... <laughs> I'll be there in two years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, I got a place for you down here if you're ready to move. Oh, no, he's don't, not ready to go anywhere, Joe. Don't Stop. tempt me now, God. man. I'm, I'm so close. Yeah. All right, Joe, you ready Thank to go? You. We got we to gotta blow through this game today. We're uh, limited on time, okay? I know. Let's rock. Okay, here we go. Which came first Wednesday? Number one, Burger King or McDonald's? McDonald's. Oh. <laughs> Burger King, actually, a year earlier, 1954. McDonald's, 1955. Under number two, Coca-Cola or Pepsi-Cola? I'm going to go with Pepsi. Ooh. <laughs> Coca-Cola, 1886. Pepsi-Cola, 1903. Over for 2. On to number yeah. 3 here, Joe. London's Houses of Parliament, the, the actual buildings, by the way, the actual infrastructure, or the United States Capitol? Oh, London. Nope. Oh, I know. That's a, that's a trick, tricky that's one, a trick. right? You would think, but no. United States Capitol, 1793 to 1800, and uh, Houses of Parliament, 1837 to 1860 under number four the opening of the statue of liberty or the opening of the eiffel tower uh, i'm gonna go statue of liberty very good <laughs> one for four under number five in an attempt to go two for five with chain of bad score joe the wizard of oz film adaptation with judy garland or gone with the wind film adaptation with clark gable I'm going to go Wizard of Oz. There we go, Joe. <laughs> All right, it Joe. Thought, right? What's that? 
Yeah, they're like a month apart. Yeah, they're like a month apart. Yeah, something like August 1939 and uh, December 1939. Okay, I'll take a 400 batting average. There you go. Pretty good, Joe. Sorry, Joe. Just got Okay. um, Sweet. I had a hand in my mouth hole. Just on uh, Facebook, Jamie McKim Mm -hmm. showed up yesterday from Ohio with her lovely daughter, Nikki. I know. They were great. She put up this really cute uh, post on um, on Facebook, you know. Oh, God, a horrible guess. I'm sorry. Oh. And um, They said I was cute. Thank God it wasn't that. yesterday. I said I was cute. They, they said, said you were cute, you but they've gone on to talk about how gorgeous I am. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> One of these is alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mobot. Anyway, she's a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. We enjoyed having her yet. There's beautiful pictures. None of you, by the way. But right. her, her, her. <laughs> She loved me. She came yeah. in. And yeah, there's no pictures. Yeah. She did right. mention all you guys in the, in the Facebook piece. Oh, very well, cool. Only good. pictures of me, of course. That's okay. Good. Glad I exist like Marty McFly. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, do you want to play the game? Yeah, did I win? Uh, it's close. It's a close one. <laughs> How many did he get right? Uh, two. Hurry up. Come on. Come on. All right. All right. Number one. Bert. The police thing coming uh, up. Uh, yeah, why not? I'm going to the wall, baby, in Battery Park. for. Yeah, um, I got to go. Uh, Audrey Capra, specifically for her. I know 77 more names today, but being that Rory and Audrey Capra are friends with John and Marco Katsimatidis, I'm going to show up dressed like a bum. We're going to be there anyway because of the Capra family. So It's the presence that counts. It's okay. The Ranger thing will look good. Yeah, yeah it's the Rangers, right? All the right. cops love the Rangers. Stephen McDonald loved the Rangers. Of course. They're going to come over and put you up on a chair. Damn yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Hoist you like oh, let's go. Quick. Okay, okay here we go. Which came first? Burger King or McDonald's? McDonald's. Nope. Is that right? That is right. Burger King, 1954. McDonald's, 1955. Who got this? What did he get right? How many? This guy? He got two right. Two right. A tough one. He got that one wrong. Ray Kroc was uh, the McDonald's guy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm going to be on the Padres, too, at some point. Oh. Sure. Very good. It's Maybe. true. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Him, and, him and Tony Gwynn. Yes. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Coca-Cola or Pepsi-Cola? Oh, my God. Pepsi-Cola. No. God, you're such an idiot. Over two. I really knew it was Coke, but I don't know why I didn't say Coke. Yeah, I'm not sure either, because then you would have got the answer right. On to number three, over two. Big crock. Yeah. (laughs) London's Houses of Parliament, the actual infrastructure. Been there. Recently. Yes. Or the United States Capitol, the actual infrastructure. Parliament. Nope. <laughs> the cap- Why are you so happy? Like, because it's, a, it's it was, like you're so happy I when I get it wrong. Well, because I thought it was going to be the Houses of Parliament too, but right. it's not. Well, I'm not happy that you and I thought the same thing. You're a moron, right? Yeah, yeah. But at least I. What are we to conclude from that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got that right. What do I know? I, I'm lost at sea. What do I know? Yeah. Number four. On to number four. <laughs> opening of the Statue of Liberty or the opening of the Eiffel Tower? This one I know I'm getting right. Eiffel Tower. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Son of a... We took the Statue of Liberty from France. Yeah, but then we gave them the Eiffel Tower because they gave us that the Statue the of trade? Liberty. Yeah, uh, well, that wasn't the trade. Right. We, th- we, I think we gave them the Eiffel Tower. Like right. Tucker Carlson with Don Lemon? Sure. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and a couple of gnomes to be named later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah pretty, pretty much the same exact thing. Yeah. <laughs> the guy shell to yeah. be named later. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. All right. Because Don Lemon is French. I am four for four. I'm four for four. <laughs> yeah. All wrong, but four yeah. for four. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz film adaptation with Judy Garland or... 39. The Gone with the Wind film adaptation this with This one Clark I've got. Gable. It's Gone with the Wind. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what an abysmal show. Perfect. It was so bad that it was almost brilliant. That's great. Yeah. But the I mean, certainty in which yeah, it did yeah. it was great. Unbelievable. Oh, right, we got to go. Yeah, we got to go. See you later. Sid? Yeah. Are you, you going gonna gonna, okay. to do anything? All right. Do you don't care? I hate you both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean with vigor. I hate you both. 
It's Got it. It's Take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, folks, that's it. All good things must come to an end. And today, sitting friends on the morning program, it be over. Thank all of our guests today. They were all really great. Belushi was a lot of fun there. You guys, as always, tremendous. Lou Rafino, Justin Ellick, and Noam Layden. Back again tomorrow, huge show. Bo Deedle, Andrew Napolitano, Lara Trump, Bill O'Reilly, Mike Dino, And it looks like so far, Ron Johnson and Mayor Eric Adams coming up on Friday. So, on this Wednesday afternoon, I hope you're coming down to the wall for the police down in Battery Park. I'll be there at 11 for this dedication, 77 more names. These beautiful police officers who gave their lives. I'll be there at 11. If not, I'll see you tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. with the rest of my crew. Until then, everybody, enjoy your Wednesday in New York City. Peace! Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time.